Sirius 197, XM202, the virus. The Ron and Fez show starts right now. Okay, let's get down to it, Bopper. Scum. Just another band we destroyed by using them as our opener. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We'll be starting off the show today with some... Which I just found out yesterday means... Number one! I had no idea because I don't speak Asian. I would like to, but my dad was in the war, and uh, still not over. Still not over. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. <coughs> that was supposed to be comment. I'm not making up... Uh, i got to be very careful with, with the staff here, because sometimes I try to write quickly, and comment look like commies. 
Um, and I don't want anybody to think that I just went out against the Asians. I don't want to think it's a Cold War thing. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, great, great unmasked yesterday with uh, Kevin Smith, who has been so kind to write some nice things on his Twitter. And also uh, was telling us uh, the reason why he wanted to do it is because so many Twitter followers are telling him that you have to do this show. It's actually a really cool lesson for us that if you really want some great comics on the show, you should probably start tweeting to them and bother them <laughs> until they do it. Uh, but uh, a great time. Uh, Hicks, I know for you it was a terrific time. And thank you for not you know, asking for the picture because so many people want to get their pictures taken for them. And I know you've designed your entire look on Silent Bob. What are you trying to say, Ron? <laughs> sure, I got a beard, and a hat, and a long coat, long hair, whatever. And the way you smoke cigarettes, <laughs> it's all the same. But you're, you're seriously one of a million. That, that look gets copied. Uh, okay. But a lot of fun. And uh, I'd like to, if we could, uh, run that on this show. Ooh. But we'll have to run it past the Raw Dogs. Which, you know, when you have a name like Raw Dog, you never know what kind of mood they're going to be in. Those dogs are raw. Uh, I haven't talked to Mr. Watley yet, so I will check with you, Chris Stanley. Is today a good day or a bad day? Oh, no. He is the Eggman. This is the walrus. Cuckoo-cachoo. A uh, brand new game that we play here. If Fez comes in on one of his locked up days, he's got to pay toll. And that means he's got to feed, uh, and he's got to be the Eggman. He's got to feed Chris Stanley. That's right. How was breakfast today? Oh, it was a wonderful Western <laughs> omelet and some hash Ooh. browns. He got his eggs. And, the uh, Eggman. You come through again. Why? Some toast, too. Why? But it was touch and go, and I'm like, I'm going to panic. I better just buy an omelet and keep it in my pocket oh. to have handy. Well, do you ever think to yourself, I don't want to buy him an omelet? <laughs> I'm going to straighten my life out. I think that every day. I was thinking that last night when I was up all night. Were you really? Again. And last night, it was just, oh, last night was just the worst. Last night, I had twisted myself into such a knot, I was like... Are you talking about your penis? No. Oh. Too bad. Sometimes it'll help you sleep. I know Jesus doesn't want you to do it, but you do need your sleep. Jesus never talked about that. I will say this. Uh, I believe in you. I believe Fez Watley is going to come back. But then again, I was raised Catholic. We were told to believe in all kinds of crazy miracles that could happen. Uh, Hicks, you were raised Mayan. Um, what, are, what are your plans for 2013? Um, don't really have many, Ron. Why is that? world's going to end in 2012. Oh, geez. You need a better religion. I guess I'll cannibalize some hearts later today, too. You should did, have did, a religion without an expiration date. Maybe they just ran out of calendars. I, I mean, like, if I had a calendar company, right... I would probably make my calendars four or five years in advance. Why just have warehouses? Warehouses of, hey, have you guys finished the 3218s yet? Well, let's get on them. Every day I'm pulling off a new sheet here. I need this. Because they're like, we don't need all these calendars. 
That's probably how they talk. That's my Mayan impression. We don't need all these calendars. We're Mayans. Um, let's uh, get the show started, if we can. Oh, man, already these phones are acting weird. I'd see what's going on with my phone thing here, Hicks. Because I don't even see it. Look here. I can't even see the arrow. There it is. You know what? This is why you're my right hand. But it is it is going weird. Uh, and that is a nice place to be when you're the right hand. Uh, Nick, Nick, you're on NFS. Whoops, it's doing it again. Nick, go ahead. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? We're nothing but uh, cool in the gang. <laughs> I think Fez, we know that Fez is motivated by his dislike for Zito. Why don't you make the deal he has to buy Zito breakfast, and then maybe it'll motivate him to come in unlocked up? Nick, I'd rather you said Dilio. Why don't you make it the Dilio? Uh, I'm trying to work out some kind of a piece right now. Between Fez and Zito, and I think I'm getting there, aren't I, Fez? I don't think we're any closer. Mm. And I'm not buying Zito breakfast. He'll get a turd on a roll. Maybe he'd love that. Turdy. Too turdy for me. <laughs> um, Miss, could I re- uh, return this turd on the wall roll? Tastes a little shitty. 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Dan in California. Hey, Ronnie B. Fezzy, how you guys doing this morning? Good. What can we do for you, my friend? Hey, I just wanted to say, you know, I got a lot of respect for you and Fezzy. Uh, I was listening to your counterparts there at ONA, and they're a couple of real jackasses. Uh, Dan, I'm going to ask you something. Do you think that yes, you sir. could call up this show and disrespect my friends to me? Do you think oh, that you could... Fun, when they make fun of special children, such as children with Down syndrome... Uh-huh. That, 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 that's kind of overstepping the boundaries. Um, I mean, you can you do a lot of things, but you don't make fun of kids that have special needs that they, it's not their fault they're that way. So this has had you just in a pickle today, has it? It, it, it? You know what? It really does, and I, I apologize. And I know where Fezzy comes from, you know, when he gets all locked up, but, you know, you can do a lot of stuff. So are you, uh, Dan, are you, are you a special needs person? No, but I've taken care of special needs kids. Have you ever, and so you're saying to yourself, boy, O and A were totally serious about that uh, joke that they made, whatever that joke happened to have been. Well, no, it was an entire about five ten minute skit that they just kept going on and on, and you know, you just it was like as if they couldn't let it go. They had to keep going and keep going and keep going to try to get every bit of humor out of the situation. You know, I, I tried to look at it from uh, every angle possible. All right, mm. yeah, it was funny to start. But then they keep going, and they keep going, and then they pull in different things. And then they Did they mention uh, plaid pants? What's that? Plaid pants come up at all? No. Uh, bowl haircuts? Nope. So they did not squeeze everything they could have out of this? No, they did not squeeze everything. But I'm just saying, you know... What did they miss? What did you feel like they missed in their comedy piece? No, no, it wasn't that. It was just that they kept making fun of it. See, now, I feel bad because you're giving me respect, but I'm writing uh, an off-Broadway play right now called The Retard Follies, and I, now I feel like you're not going to like it. You're right. You're right. I probably won't. But you, but you... you know, it's radio. You guys got to do what you got to do to make your money. I understand that. But I was just calling it to vent to you a little bit. I understand. I didn't realize you're that close to them. 
But right. here's the thing. You haven't even heard about my projects. And it's helping people because I'm hiring waterheads. I thought you were working on one about a special needs football coach, Dumbardi. Uh, you know, I didn't see you being so fucking strong in here today when, when Blindside came by. I thought you were going to smack him. Oh, if I had been around. Hmm. So, uh, so when you heard this, as you put it, skit, this radio skit, um, did you cry? No, I didn't cry. Mm. It, it just, it really, really irked me. You know, kind of got my, uh, the blood boiling right off the bat. You know, I just, I don't feel where, I don't think it's right when you make fun of kids. Um, but you know, but they didn't make fun of all kids, just special needs kids. Yeah, it was just the special needs kids. Yeah. And I think it was because of, a. Uh, an older news reel that they brought up maybe from a it was while a, back about that fight club that those uh, people were arrested from the fight club. Fight club for speds. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Here's Jason in, in Tampa that wants to talk to you. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, Ron. Good, good to get on the phone with you. Um, in response to the gentleman on the phone, I've got a daughter at home with special needs. She was born at 24 weeks. And it's That's funny. Soon. It's stressful enough having a kid with special needs, but you got to be able to laugh at stuff. And I think I think they were they were perfectly fine. And I don't get where the guy's talking about. You know, I've got a daughter with special needs, and, and didn't offend me in the least. Uh, Dan, do you have a daughter with special needs? Not have special needs. No. Would you like one? What's that? Yeah. Would you like one? You know what? If that's what was given to me, then that's what's given to me. You know you. You take yeah, what you you're take given. Each day, you, you, you take what you're given, and you do the best that you can. You bluff sometimes. Sometimes, if you get bad cards, you bluff. You know, I was just venting. I was a little irritated, and I figured it better to vent to you than it would be to take it out on somebody else. Here's what I would do if I was in, in that position, and I think, you know, we all worry about this kind of thing, and it's scary. But what if you dress the kids up at, like that Darth Vader kid that everybody loves? And now, see, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see that. I didn't watch Super Bowl. I was well, doing other stuff. Well, but let, let's look at it this way. So, like, you have a kid. He's a special needs kid. You just dress him up like Darth Vader, and everybody goes, "Oh, that's adorable." Have you ever thought about that? Uh, you know what? I don't even know what this Darth Vader issue is about. I didn't see it. I haven't even heard. Dan, what was your about. job? What was this job that you did? What me? Yeah. I'm a truck driver. All right, so what were you doing uh, hauling special needs kids? How far did you have to take them? Oh, no, no, okay. I am a truck driver now. Okay. I used to be a medical assistant working in a nursing home taking care of some of these kids that were basically abandoned by their families. Did you fix any of them? Uh, I wasn't a doctor, but I had to. T I took care of them. Are, are they all okay today? I couldn't tell you. So you don't know whether you, you just kind of gave up on it. No, I didn't give up. I had an opportunity to do something different with my life. All right. Um, let's uh, go to Dan. Dan, you're on Fez. Yeah, I want to defend on eight of this guy. Um, they absolutely did mention bull haircuts. All right, there you go, Dan. I thought I had him. Um, Matt, you're on Fez. Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah. This guy This guy's kind of wrong. They also didn't mention that uh, retards run on their tippy toes all the time. Um, then they didn't bring that up, Dan? Well, my radio was going in and out, so I may have missed something. Okay? I don't want to start a fight where everybody's bashing on me. No, absolutely no, not. I agree with you. Now, you, you did know, notice... Just... Now, my thing was, I've always dreamed of a football team 
of special needs kids, because they walk on their tippy toes, uh, they have really strong hamstrings and they can run fast. The problem is, uh, and for me, I'm like, I've now got the perfect wide receiver. The problem is they're running along, and what if they see somebody with a hot dog or a pinwheel, they leave the field. You know, look on YouTube. There's a uh, thing from Lake Sammamish High School out of uh, Lake Sammamish, Washington, that defines sportsmanship. It is a, it is a, a down, down Syndrome child mm-hmm. that Lake Stevens and Lake Sammamish High Schools let this guy run the football in for a touchdown, regardless of the score, regardless of who's winning. Right. But that's real sportsmanship, and it's on YouTube. Now, we had that same kind of thing in our high school where at last game of the season, we put him in, and he scored a touchdown. Now, he wasn't special needs, but he was a white kid. So at the end of the year, they're like, this white kid has tried so hard. Um, Let's just let him. But don't you see this as cheating by letting the special needs kid just score? Wouldn't it be a little more respectable if everybody tackled him? No, because you know what? It's called sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Whether you win or lose, sports is not about. Okay, yeah, you can win. There is winning. There is losing. I didn't know that. But you know what? In high school, it's about sportsmanship. So they don't. They don't even have a scoreboard in high school. Yeah, they have a scoreboard. I mean, at a special needs high school. Didn't know there was a special needs high school. Um, here's Mike. Here's Mike in Jersey. You're on Run Fez. Hey guys, um, I, I taught special needs kids for two years, and I'm a social worker now for people with dis- uh, with uh, special needs disabilities. And uh, retard jokes are always funny, always. Dan, what do you say to that? Uh, hmm. Uh, let's what, go- I mean, what do you want? What do you want me to say? You just get in this big argument and get my blood pressure up for no reason? I, no. I was just. No, Dan. I'm venting. I mean, you're, Dan, you're the I, one that keeps taking this on. No, I. Well, you called here and you said you respected right. me, and I just wanted to go over this about what. Ex, I mean, it is an XL channel, uh, right? Obviously, uh, O and A were joking and having fun, and I don't think anybody who's a human being doesn't have somebody in their family that isn't special needs. We all go through this, right? On some level. Very true. Uh, you you hope that it's a second cousin, but sometimes it's closer. You're right. It just you know what. It in really my case, it was my parents. Morning. It just it wasn't. I haven't had a good night. It wasn't a good day so far. Then you and should buy eggs a... for Chris Stanley. Oh yeah. What's that? Uh, you should buy eggs for Chris Stanley. Oh, I would if uh, I was over there, but uh, scrambled. I, you know, let me end this with a piece of advice for Fezzi. You know, I was listening to his. Uh, to your show here from yesterday, I think he needs Zoloft. Oh. The Advice Show. Um, hold on. Here is uh, Steve. Steve, you're on Running Fest. Ronnie B. Yes, sir. Is this the same show that was debating the merits of the mean Tibetan commercial yesterday? Yeah, and I think Fez was the only one who thought it was a mean commercial. The rest of us looked into it and thought that they were just trying to bring... Uh, some people into the Tibetan issue. But, yeah, it is you know, the same show. That's called humor, man. There's always there's always the butt of most humor. It's just funny. Everybody's just got to lighten up, you know? Funny shit. Bonnie, have a good day. Peace. Um, let's go over to Bill in Boston. You're on my fez. 
Uh, yeah, Ron, uh, I was listening to Open Anthony, and I, myself personally, I consider my brother to have special needs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't offensive to me, but you got to remember that they didn't bring up the fact that they ruined family portraits. This guy's getting all worked up over nothing. Um, I don't think anyone looks good in a family portrait. Uh, I never was in one in my life, and I never will be in one. Good. Until I saw that everybody could look the same or wear a nude suit. I saw that on that fucking... What's that what stupid website? Awkward family photos? Yeah, which is every family fo- photo. <laughs> um, here's uh, Aaron. Aaron, you're on with Dan from California. Hey, yeah. um, I, I love Open Anthony, and the, to the truth, I'm kind of with Dan on this one. When I hear that stuff, it bothers me. I just shut it off. You know? I don't, who cares? Just well, let, let's... You know, whether you're talking about uh, Ron and Fez, ONA, Howard, doesn't matter what the show is... It's normally at 20-plus hours a week. You can't possibly sit there and be entertaining to every single person for 20 hours. At certain times, some people are going to say, oh, this is uh, boring, or they're into a topic I don't like, or this offends me. But really, do you expect someone else to keep you entertained um, that long? Uh, so, yeah, Dan, it, it would be your choice. Here's Bob in Illinois. You're on Fez. Yes, I'd like to ask Dan, uh, Jimmy Norton mentioned the retards have huge cocks. Is that true, Dan? Excuse me? Jimmy Norton mentioned the retards have huge cocks. Is that true? How would I know? Good one, Dan. Um, Let's go over here to Dave. Dave, you're on running fence. Yeah, I think uh, letting a special eds kid score in a football game is just plain retarded. Uh, Still, you're on running fence. Hey, Ronnie, yeah, I went to uh, Lake fucking Schmilkillicuddy uh, High School, mm-hmm. and time and time again, every year, we'd be this close to states, and the fucking retard would fuck it up for us every time. Mm. Well, uh, my high school actually lost the game to a special needs high school. Really? Yeah. Uh, there were 30 safeties. I don't even understand how it happened. Both sides, they're kept constantly being safeties. Um, let's go over here to um, Larry, you're on Fez. Yeah, Larry, or uh, Ron. Yeah, I'm a truck driver. I'm a yeah. waterhead. I've got a big tongue and a big cock. I feel fine. I laugh and laugh and laugh when Opie and, Opie and Anthony make uh, jokes about waterheads. It's hilarious. Don't get your tongue and your cock mixed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you look I'm ridiculous okay. eating an ice cream cone. With his it cock? Feels good, yeah. Though, most of the time. You're I lick, I Seriously. You're fucking grease lightning today, brother. You ought to fucking go over and stick your finger in Hicks's mouth and make him puke up those eggs. Because uh, you're on the ball, my friend. Uh, Jeff, Strong Island. Hey, uh, Ronnie, is this wrong? Maybe Dan can confirm this. Uh, I used to teach special ed for five years. A guy. Uh, broke my nose, and these guys were nonverbal because they're autistic, and they'd, like, pinch you, bite you, kick you. So we figured out, after smoking weed one night, the best way to get back them is give them cock shots. Is that wrong or no? It seems wrong to me. Dan? Well, oh, my God. Drives you crazy? Yeah, you know, some of these people that call in are wondering what their, their IQ has got to be less than 50. Let's not run down special needs callers. I don't think we should judge people by how, how big their IQ is. Well, Just their cops. they should be making stupid comments. Mm. 
Yeah, but is this the... the but you know what I did? But, well, was this I, the kind know, of special needs teacher you were, Dan? No, I wasn't a special needs teacher. Uh. I never said I was. What were you? A wrangler? I said I was a medical assistant. In mm. other words, I was an assisted living facility where I helped them out mm. when I was younger. Then what happened? The roads start uh, to call you? No, I actually uh, went over to Saudi and started killing rackheads. Hey, do me a favor, please, because both my uh, parents are Egyptian. I apologize. Iranian. And I retract, I'll retract that statement. Now, why, why were you killing people in Saudi Arabia? Doesn't seem that like was my job. That would have been the wrong place, wasn't it? We weren't fighting there. Okay, I was in Iraq. Oh, what happened? I thought you were in Saudi. I say Saudi because of other other places. What do you mean other by that? I can't say. Oh, so some of the people had to be killed in Saudi Arabia. There were a few, yes. Do you realize that you broke the law? International no, law, Dan. You don't even no, know I that. Didn't. Nope, it wasn't against the law because that's what I was paid to do. That's what I was told to do by the President of the United States. The President of the United States called you and said, I want you to attack our, our allies, the Saudis. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's not go there, Ron. I was a soldier. Okay, so this is all of a sudden. This is we've gone into a gray area, have we, Dan? Yeah, let's not go there. Did they tell you to kill any French people? No comment. All right, he may have killed French people. Is it a little frightening to think that Dan's driving around with eighteen wheels and a couple of tons there? With other, you're just on the other side of the line for them. This guy as he's driving down the road. Um, yeah, there's a lot of us out here that are like this. There's a lot of us out here that can flip that switch at any given time. You're ready, huh, anybody bro? That's ever, anybody that's ever been in a combat unit mm-hmm. and been combat trained will tell you the same damn thing. We can flip our the switch. The switch can flip at any given time. So veterans are dangerous. Combat trained veterans, yeah, people mm-hmm. that have been in this shit. The the shit over in Saudi Arabia. As in Afghanistan, Iraq, France, Mogadishu, other places. Uh, here's Kevin. Kevin, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, Ron Fezzi. Uh, yeah, I want to know how the uh, special needs football player was able to carry the football into the end zone while he was carrying his transistor radio. Well, I came up, you know, as I was coaching the team, and I really think I could have had a, just a powerhouse team. But my thing was always have the quarterback tape it to his arm. Just tape it to his arm, and then off you go. And I would always tell the parents, don't bring anything shiny. If you do, keep it in the end zone. Um, Dan, you've seen the shit, though, huh, bro? We still- I've seen my share. Yeah. When did you get back? Which time? Uh, any of the given times, Dan. You know what? I think we're, we're going to end this conversation. You think it's gotten a little too dangerous? No, because uh, I don't want to start having nightmares again. I don't want you to have nightmares, buddy. Excuse me? I don't want you to have nightmares. Yeah, I do. I just want to give you a simple welcome home and thank you for your service. Yeah, I apologize for calling your friends' names, and I definitely apologize about uh, the racist remark I made about your aunt. I apologize about that. Hey, you know what? She had it coming to her. Yeah. 
That's probably another story for another day. As well. not, not really. Ronnie I feel Fez. like it's done. Well, Ronnie and Fez, you guys are great. Okay, my friend. Fezzy, yes. keep, up, keep up the good work. Keep slamming uh, what's-his-name there into the wall. You and take care, buddy. Guys, eventually, you guys will uh, work it out. But until then, I'm off. I'll cut you guys in a week or so. Take care, my friend. All right, Ronnie. There he is, Dan. Uh, let's Matt. Matt, you're on running Fez. What's up? Hey. Uh, I sympathize with Dan. Uh, I've talked to you guys before. I'm a combat vet Marine, and uh, when I first got back from Iraq, it was uh, difficult to trans, uh, you know, come back to, to being a civilian. And uh, I, I'm worried for him because he, he's talking about that switch that he could turn it on and turn it off at any given time, and uh, that's pretty scary. I feel like uh, I, I've turned it off for good. And uh, I kind of, I don't want it to turn into the advice show, but um, if you wanted to, that'd be great. But I think you should speak to somebody. God bless you guys. See you. Hey, Matt, do you have people that you can talk to? Or Oh, he's already gone. Uh, I always feel for all those guys that come back, but it's it's really, really interesting that I don't think um, that there has been a single war in history that any country ever really took care of the veterans coming back, no matter what you're talking about. If you look back to, like, ancient Rome, there is stories like, hey, we went out, conquered the world, and we came back here, and we were treated like shit. It's just <laughs> common. It's absolutely common. And the weirdest thing is, is that the people that you send to war never have any sense of history so they don't know this they only they're always young guys and they're involved and and they're all gung-ho as they're leaving but the people sending them and the people saying support the troops no matter who it happens to be always know in the end we're going to screw these guys over and it's like really one of the biggest carny and rube tricks of all time of all time. And it's not just an American thing. And you take these guys that are willing to lay it on the line. And they know, the guys sending them know, that they're going to take advantage of them at the end. It just happens. It's the oldest uh, bit ever. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um... Let's go over here to Dan. Dan, you're on my face. Hey, I um, I was kind of wanting to take that other Dan to task there, but you already let him go. Um, there's something that I noticed as I was listening to that Opie and Anthony bit. Well, first off, I'll say that I have a child with special needs. He's autistic, and personally, I thought the bit was funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> when you hear them say things like, you're listening to the worst of it's a rerun from a previous broadcast why didn't he call in and complain the day the show originally aired um he really does have his own uh thing that he's going through right now he really does and you can see i mean he wasn't just some furious guy just something you know caught him today and we started to fool around with him a little bit but he seems like a good guy you know he seems like he's going through his own problems he seems like a decent guy, but the first thing that I clued into is he's from California, and everybody from California just looks for shit to complain about. Um, 
that may be true. <laughs> Although I'm from New York, and I see a lot of people complaining here as well. Yeah, there's a lot of bitching. Um, constant. <laughs> constant bitching. Um, Todd, you're in Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie, I've never been in the military, and yet I've been treated like shit my entire life. I really don't understand what these guys are whining about. Well, here's the thing. You're treated like shit because of your personality. But there's so many guys that come over and they come back with uh, physical, uh, mental, psychological things. And it's really a tough thing to slip back into this uh, country. And Vietnam was the perfect case for that because you can take a step back. But the people who went and so many of those guys didn't even want to go. It wasn't their idea to go. They didn't plan to go. They were sitting, you know, with their friends one day, and the next day they find themselves on the other side of the world, and then they're supposed to come back and work at the car wash after seeing horrible things. Um, let's go over here. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Jack, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Um, yeah. I did some time in the Marines and stuff. I saw what I saw, and I came back. I feel relatively okay, but... Um, the one thing I can say is that the VA is not going to be the answer for any of these guys, but there's a lot of organizations out there where they can go get some help. Um, and I think it is the, the responsibility of people to take care of the guys coming back, but it ain't going to happen from the, governor, from the government. Uh, like Wounded Warrior and Lone Survivor Foundation, they're doing a lot to help these guys coming back, more for the post-traumatic stress, which I guess used to be shell shock. Because mm -hmm. um, that's the stuff that you won't know. You know, I've had friends of mine, I got called, a friend of mine was like under his car at a mall, freaking out. Because you can't, you can't expect them to turn it off. They right. give you four days to transfer your stuff before you get out, uh, transition class. And you're not going to learn how to be normal again in four days. You know, it's very funny that you even say that, because one of the problems is that, it's, that you can come back quick. And even it's kind of a problem that you're still... You know, now with email and stuff, you're getting these pictures in real time and you can get yeah. phone calls. So it's kind of like you haven't completely gone away. And like in World War II, they used to bring all the guys back on ships together. That's the way you traveled, you know. Yeah. And that they would spend that time going, oh, you know, what did you think? What That was weird. Hey, what are you going to do when you get home? And you you would have this time to finally transition in, where now you can be on a plane, be back in 14 hours, and someone's, you know, dad is fucking saying to them, hey, what are you going to do next? Are you going to go down, try to get a job? Are you going to do... And, like, these guys are still over there. It's uh, in their mind. It's a really rough thing to uh, pull off. Um, I appreciate you calling, and it's cool to hear about those other things, uh, other places that, that these guys can go. The weird thing is, for a lot of people who have this, is they might be the last to recognize it. And if you say to a lot of guys, now you need to go to these people and get counseling, their whole life has been about not sharing their feelings up to that point. Um, and again, not all counseling works as quickly as you want it to work. It's not all going to work as fast as it has for our own Fez Watley. Uh, John Jay, you're on the Run of Fez show. It's a rough transition. Uh, I was making my way over a bridge in Washington State, and there was a sheriff that kept pushing my buttons. So I'd take the whole town down. What's that talk about, dude? Oh, you're doing a Rambo get bit? Gotcha. 
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Nate, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie, I'm looking, I'm searching, it looks like a Mubarak is going to step down according to gather.com, but I can't confirm that. Yeah, I'm looking over and it says likely to succeed power, the term likely, and um, but it's been an amazing thing to watch, particularly even to see the way the U.S. feels about this, because we're not, as much as we love freedom, we certainly don't want it everywhere. And this thing has got our government freaked out because we don't know. This came out of nowhere in terms of what the government was prepared for, our oh, government. Yeah. And uh, Lord knows, uh, Lord knows how this thing is going to roll itself out. But the Egyptian people have uh, stayed in the streets and kept the pressure on. And it's, it's a phenomenal thing to see. Uh, there's a lot of lessons there. Uh, Don, you're on the Run of Fez show. Don, we got you, buddy? Hello? Yes, sir. Oh, John, sorry. Okay, John. Oh, I got an Ichiban for you, Ron. Oh, I'd like to hear it. Ichiban. Yeah, Bill Burr recently said in his a podcast that he would be appearing in an upcoming episode of Glee. Now, jokingly, I'm sure. Of no. Uh, he's already scheduled. He's going to be singing a song called I Enjoy Being a Girl. I don't understand it. Uh, I don't know whether Bill's making the right career decisions, but if Bill's going to be doing it, I'll be watching. Uh, there's somebody we need to get on Unmasked. Like, we got to stop fooling around with that. Uh, speaking of which, Unmasked on Monday, and uh, have we worked it out with Raw Dog that this will be the first that we play live on uh, the virus? Yeah, we are all taken care of there. Great. Yeah. Uh, this is Monday... Or as the mamas and papas put it, Monday, Monday. Uh, to get tickets, you need to go to Unmasked Show uh, and uh, put in a ticket request. And then, uh, of course, we do, uh, we'll pull some of those people out. But from uh, somebody on Saturday Night Live now, he's been on for what, like seven years, Fez? I think it has been that long, yeah. And, uh, of course, his new show. Portlandia, where his new character is called Ken from Portland, and it is hysterical. Uh, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen uh, on the next one. So we have just did two unmasks this week. Uh, check with the people who were at the Kevin Smith uh, yesterday. A lot of them have tweeted about it and asking what it's like to be able to sit there and have Kevin Smith go over his entire career. It's really been... Uh, a fun, fun show to do, and I think we're coming up soon on 50 hours of this show. Uh, some of the greatest comics uh, working today. We did Dick Cavett the other day. He had a million stories. And now Fred Armisen on Monday. Your chance to sit in a small room and hear Fred Armisen uh, talk about his Saturday Night Live experiences, movies, stuff that he's done. Uh, Fred Armisen is one of those interesting guys because... If you get to do the president in real time, that's the Saturday Night Live guy that's always remembered. Right. They always do the specials where they go back and, you know, Chevy, I think, started it. Uh, and then, even at the same time, Ackroyd was doing Nixon, even though Nixon wasn't in there. Uh, the first George Bush was done by who, Fez? Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey, that was his? Yeah. Uh, the Nixon? Nixon. I mean, Nixon was, uh, then, then the next one would have been Clinton. Yeah, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, 
uh, and then uh, the first Bush? Uh, Will Ferrell. So it's not a lot of guys, Mm-mm. and they all end up in this thing. And it'll be interesting to talk about Armisen, but it's always a big deal if you're picked to do the president on Saturday Night Live. That's the one that they all shoot for because that becomes, you know, part of history. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Hi, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yes, sir. Listen, man, I hate to call in, but I damn these fuckers that call in that been over there in the sand. I was in Vietnam, three tours. We had a gun and a knife and maybe damn grenades, and they got all that technology over there. They ride around and push a button or two. Fuck around, man. We, man, that just pisses me off. They come back crying like a fucking baby. We got spit on when we came back. You know, we had to suck it up and drink a beer or smoke some dope. Try to cope, and these some bitches just piss me off. That guy, what was his name? Dan? Mm. Uh, playing over in the sand and pushing the button? Fuck, they put that man. I, I hate to call in the vent, but I just get pissed off sometimes. I'm 60 something years old, and, and, and I had a rough time over there, man. But these guys nowadays, they ain't got it like it was in them. Well, didn't you guys hear the same thing from the World War II guys? I mean, you guys weren't respected when you came back by the veterans who were there before you. You're, you're probably right, man. But nowadays, man, man, they sent us out on recon for three or four miles, and we couldn't even use a gun. We had to go in and map out places. If we had to get on somebody, it was with a, a blade or hand-to-hand. Mm. You know, and, and sometimes whoever killed the most people got a case of beer. I know that's, that's hard to say, but that's just the way it was, and I guess I'm old school. My daughter calls me Archie Bunker, but I just have to vent sometimes, man. And it wasn't any problem for you to... To come back into the world, you didn't. You didn't. Well, even... I had a wife and kids, you know, and that kind of helped me ground it. I guess it might be different if you were single and all that, but I was just glad to get my back bass back home after that third time, man. Um, y'all have a good day, man. Keep it up, fast. Hang in there, brother. Um. All right. So this is interesting. You don't have any uh, feelings for guys coming back from Iraq or Afghanistan, but you are ready to pat Fez on the back because of his trauma from uh, riding a, a train over every morning. Uh, Mike, you're on Run Fez. Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, that last guy was a complete asshole, period. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many tours he did. You know, I've got family that served. I've served. And you know what? It's still the same traumatic experience. Whether I mean, If you've seen combat, you've seen combat, period. And you watch your buddies die, you jump into Panama, and you see a friend get a bullet through his Kevlar and come out of his neck and watch him die in your arms. Guess what? It's still traumatic. I don't care what this asshole well, thinks about the technology. You know, here's the thing, the way that works, and it's, you know, about the, you know, human brain, the mind. Some guys, let's, let's take it all the way back so it's not as emotional World War II. You would have guys next to each other uh, doing whatever happens in a war, one guy would come back and just be like, yeah, I'm going to join the Qantas Club and and start a uh, used car place, and the next guy would struggle with it. And that's the difficult part of this. Just because something is easy for you doesn't mean that it would be easy for all the other vets. And at the same time, um, this thing of somehow the Iraqi uh, or Afghanistan vets have it easy um, – all you'd have to do is look. The, the 
the Pat Tillman uh, documentary. There's there's tons of documentaries out there. And as a matter of fact, like with every other war, we, the people who didn't go, do not want to uh, look at it. If you want to uh, blow money, uh, produce a film about <laughs> the Iraq war or the vets, because we will not look at it. Fighting robots, we will stand in line for. No one is accepting these guys as they come back. They expect, just like Florence said, suck it up, make it happen. Um, and that can be a lonely, lonely place for these guys. Uh, let's go over here to John, Colorado Springs. Love your show. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I got a pissed off at the last uh, first guy uh, he was talking at Vietnam about the three scores. Um, and just to tell on the gentleman that just called in, you know what? I think every true vet respects, you know, the past, the Pete men and women came before him. And, you know, listen to that Vietnam vet. I kind of, uh, I don't know how to say, questioned his service because, you know, I'll get right to the point. They're, today's Army and military in general are all volunteers mm-hmm. where the Vietnam men were drafted. And I respect both parties, but when you have men and women today volunteering to go over there and then, you know, versus the men who are drafted, uh, you know, if you want to get nitpicky, I'm just speaking to that gentleman who uh, was the Vietnam vet. Go ahead. You know. Yeah, you know, it's... It, you know, it just rubs my ass because, you know what, we all serve. You know, you don't want any praise. We just want to be, hey, thank you, so we don't have to serve. And that, you know, and, you know, that, that being on that, you know, I, I just question him. And uh, that's all I've got. Thank, I, you, very thank you very much. And there is always that thing that a lot of people who come back with opinions from there also did not have the same exact experience as guys that also served in those same wars. To say that, you know, every Vietnam vet had the same experience is ridiculous. Just like you're saying anybody who went over in these desert wars has had the same experience is also ridiculous. Um, let's go over to Aaron. Aaron, you're on the run of Fish show. Oh, hello. Okay. I just wanted to make a comment about kind of the, the PTSD thing. One thing that may make this war a little bit different than past wars, uh, I was in uh, Baghdad back in the summer of 2005, and it was like on a Monday, um, uh, there's car bombs, there's explosions, I'm sleeping, you know, with my 9 mil underneath my pillow. A week later, I'm sitting in a, uh, in a cafe with some friends in Atlanta, so all of a sudden you're there, then you're here, and for a good month, and it really took me a while. Well, it took me a while to make the connection. I was just angry. I was jumpy. I was angry, and I got into like three or four fights, which I'm actually kind of a pussy. I avoid fights at all, all times. So that was a little unusual. And I think it's that that's one thing that does make this war different than past past wars is that how that transition. Uh, you have to make that transition faster than in past wars. Not only also, that, but you could get sent back again. So you could be in having cocktails with your friends, you know, going to a movie, and then a month later you could be back in the desert and then back and forth again. So it is a very, very strange thing to be able to turn it on and turn it off. Tim, you're on running Fez. Yeah, I, I question whether or not it's really a, a volunteer system. I know no one's got a gun to anybody's head. But we've set up a, a system in the United States where you've got to go to college to be anybody. And if you can't afford that, well, hey, we'll give you free college if you sign on here. Or 
it's now we're in an economy where there aren't any jobs. Well, hey, we're always hiring. We take these poor kids, tell them that they want to be anything. They've got to come out and fight for us. And when they come back, we don't let them be anything. Uh, Is that truly volunteerism? No, and it is as old as history, Tim. It is as old as history. It's always been that. There's there's never been the situation where... um, you're going, oh, well, this is fair on all fronts. It's just not going to be that way. The one thing that they learned, and if you remember when we went back to the original Iraq thing, when they would go, well, we don't have enough boots uh, on, on and we need more people, there was zero chance, zero chance uh, W would start a draft because they know what happened in the 60s. They know that the richer families, middle class and up, who can put up with a war if it's the poor kids fighting it, will not put up with a war if their kids and their college roommates and people from their neighborhood are getting drafted. It just won't happen. You would see millions of people in the streets. And they're too smart to let that happen again. They've gone back and studied it and go, we can't squeeze money out of these people if they're going to make us pay with their kids' blood. So That's we got to figure a way around it. So that the guys that were in the Army doing this uh, were basically overworked, overtaxed, overworked, and left over there far longer than they thought they were going to be. Um, we got a guest uh, coming up who is actually one of the coolest people in the whole world. Um, he has one of the great jobs that you can have where he works over at the uh, Natural Museum of History, which must have been your regular museum when you were growing oh, up, Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Got, constantly went there as school trips or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and great. of course the planetarium, the coolest part yeah. of that. Uh, he was running that, as well as the TV show Nova, uh, which is on PBS every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Check it out, pbs.org. Science Now, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And this is a guy who does one of the coolest things in the world when you could explain science to the layman. And uh, he's able to pull that off. Uh, one of the things that they're doing is should we go to Mars, which is always interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's bring him on to the Round of Face show, Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's a god awful small affair. With a mousy hair, but her mummy is yelling no, and her daddy has told her to go, but her friend is nowhere to be seen. Now she walks through her sunken dream to the seat with the clearest view, and she's hooked to the silver screen. But the film is a sad thing for. She's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools And say aspirin to focus on Saints fighting in the dance hall Oh man, look at those cavemen go It's a creepy show Take a look at the
Love the bit that you did on Mars, and you want us to go, right? You want yeah, us to of go course. I think uh, how how could you not? I mean, it, it's if you don't go, you're closing off something fundamental of what it is to be human, yeah. and that's the urge to explore and and to explore to move a frontier forever as part of just what it is to be alive. Yeah, and I really I kind of feel sad for kids growing up that didn't weren't introduced to the space program the way I was, and when the moon was the big thing uh, i think america uh had a different way of of looking at space in, in those indeed days. we did in fact it 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 spilled over into other states of mind that you mm. could have for example you remember back then you you wouldn't have to go more than a week or two before a newspaper article or a magazine article would have a feature story on the home of tomorrow Mm -hmm. transportation of tomorrow, the city of tomorrow. Everyone had a very forward outlook on not only where we were, but where we would soon become. Yeah. And I don't see that happening at all anymore. That's the attitude is different. That's really great because that uh, Disney played into that, too. And yes, he, thanks for Disney remembering that. Was, in fact, they did. That's was right. was really involved in, oh, here's how we're going to be doing our farming. And, here's, and this is the thing about science that somehow we... I, I guess we take it for granted. Maybe it's the problem of science. Maybe it's the problem of government. But we stop. And what I loved about your show, uh, particularly the one that you did on Mars, is all right, when you bring up a question like that, how many problems have to be solved before you could even attempt it? And how many of those problems are going to make life on Earth better? Exactly. And in fact, there are people who say a common rebuttal to that is, mm -hmm. well, why don't we just focus on the problems directly mm -hmm. rather than have them spill out over and maybe have some other effort solve them. Here's the difference. If the record of what it is to solve a problem directly, if you come straight at it, mm -hmm. is one where, sure, you can solve those problems, but they tend to be of the kind, of the nature of like a Band-Aids. Right. right. Here's a problem, here's a Band-Aid, and that'll help it heal, get a little better. If you want to fundamentally solve the problem from the beginning, that takes true innovation, and in most cases, it comes from fields that you never even thought right. they would come from. I'll give you an example. Uh, the idea that a, an atomic nucleus can align itself to a magnetic field, that you can't get more physics obscure than that. There's right. a professor who was intrigued by this, figured out a way to detect new atoms in the universe with it, and it's called nuclear magnetic resonance. That's what it's called. And was he thinking, hey, one day we'll develop a magnetic resonance imager to make images of the soft tissue in your body so that I don't have to cut you open and know what's wrong with you. That's not what he's thinking. Right. He's thinking, I think atoms are cool. I'm going to study atoms. And now medicine is transformed by this discovery. And it didn't stop there. Well, even before then, x-rays. You know, when Wilhelm Röntgen was playing around with his high-energy sig uh, signature, uh, with his high-energy uh, radiation, he wasn't, at that moment, saying, oh, one day we will photograph your bones and not have to cut you open to see what they're like. It became an obvious application of it as soon as the 
the phenomenon was discovered, but that's not what drove him to do it. Yeah. And you can't expect a medical doctor to have come up with that discovery because they don't have that tr the physics training. So yet the cross-pollination of fields and disciplines is what makes revolutionary advances in our culture. And if you stop any one branch of science from proceeding at its limits, you are cutting off the possibility of some of the greatest advances your society will ever see. And not only the kind of advances like, oh, to make for a greater society, but businessmen will go, wait, I've been talking to these engineers, and I can now turn this into something that the original thinker wasn't even thinking about in, at all. It, innovations in science and technology are engines of economic growth. Yeah. And we've known that since the Industrial Revolution. Einstein wrote down the first equation for the laser. The word didn't quite exist back then, but mm -hmm. he gave us the understanding of what's going on in an atom that would later become the laser. When he did this, was he thinking barcodes? <laughs> no, right. he's not. Uh, is he thinking LASIK surgery? No, no. All of this comes later when you have creative engineers and, and other folks who, inventors, who mm -hmm. see the, the hanging fruit of scientific discovery, and then they exploit it and turn it into a marketable product. And that is exactly the way the whole thing is supposed to work. So what panics us about moving on? I, I talked about this so many times on this show that I think if you look back at the 1960s, the two great things that America did was NASA and Motown. Huh? It's two <laughs> spots that we were <laughs> able to say during the Cold War, but, uh, you know, we'll battle back. I, but at the same time, I, I think that I if you it. didn't have the English invasion in music, we wouldn't have had Motown. And those guys were able to say, wait, we've got to protect ourselves. So we need to get back involved in this thing where we want to make great things happen. Not okay things, but great things. Keep in mind also that that decade, in spite of those two great mm -hmm. achievements that we look back on, it was one of the ugliest decades of the Absolutely. history of the nation. It's probably only bested in its ugliness by uh, the decade that had the Civil War, mm -hmm. right? And odd that that's an exact full century apart from each other, the right. 1860s to the 1960s. So... Uh, just because you're at war and just because bad things are happening doesn't preclude the possibility of doing great things that mm -hmm. you will uh, choose to remember that deca decade for having accomplished. And that is what I think that we need to get back to as a country. We want to achieve great things. I mean, if you look at history, you would want to live in like the age of Pericles. You know what I mean? You want to be part of whatever time said we're going to push the culture and here's ahead. The, here's the tricky part. Just because you're living in a great time, it's so easy to take it for granted, but it, yeah. it does. It's not a forever thing. Right. And you just and look at America fading now, and we spend our effort reflecting on what we once were mm -hmm. in the second half of the 20th century in particular. And other nations are rising now, as we all all the conversation is about China. It's not just a fear fact; it's really true. They're mm -hmm. rising technologically, uh, culturally. Um, they've got a space program. Here's an interesting point, where, mm -hmm. an analogy to Motown. The, we prevented the Chinese from joining us as a partner and a collaborator in the space station, citing civil rights violations, which is our common way to, right. to get them out of the, you know, kick them out of our sandbox. Well, did that stop them? No. They said, oh, we can't join your sandbox. We'll create our own sandbox. We'll mm -hmm. create our own space program. We'll put our own human being into orbit. And so the fact that we excluded them from our club our spacefaring club, meant they then pioneered their own technologies 
to enable it. And so now they have their own thriving space program, and they don't even need us. Right. And so uh, when you have a world like that, it's a sign that you know, your, whatever's your mind's, whatever's your own view of yourself that had been propped up by an earlier period of glory, mm-hmm. uh, don't ever take it for granted because your time, other, the times of other countries rise and fall just, as, they, just and, as they've always been and just as we're observing now for America. And there's definitely in terms of the space program, we did take it for granted where we're, we actually got bored with it where we're like, whatever, they're back up in space. There, again. Yeah, there it is. Walking on the moon again. Yeah. And what? odd that we haven't even left low Earth orbit since 1972. We've been boldly going where hundreds have gone before, <laughs> just in a space shuttle in low Earth orbit. So part of what you do, and, you, and you're doing this on Nova and then through your work at the museum is all, is trying to just explain to the layperson how important this stuff is. Rather, I, I try not to say how important it is. I try to give them enough information mm-hmm. that they might have been missing for them to arrive at that conclusion on their own. And when they arrive at that conclusion on their own, it's a much more powerful, they can take ownership of right. that awareness. Because I don't like beating people over that. This is important. You must fund it. Do it. Yeah. I, I can't do that. I don't have the energy to do that. But I do have the energy to share with you the awesome, awesomeness of right. the cosmos and the discoveries that unfold within it. And then you, you, you chew on that information. And, and my, I'm betting nine out of ten times you wake up the next morning saying, I want to be a part of this epic adventure. And you also show how many people have cool jobs underneath all this stuff. There's so many people that you will see jobs that you didn't even know exist, people have dedicated their lives to. And something else I think that gets drummed out of us as we're a kid, but that real creativity that goes into this kind of work where we think of, uh, I don't know, science as, as memory or, or just math, but the fact is people are sitting around thinking of bizarre things and then how to make that reality. You said it right. Kids, I'm going to flesh out what you just said. Kids mm-hmm. are born scientists. They're curious about the world around them. They turn over rocks. They jump into puddles. Mm-hmm. They, as, a, as parents and as adults, we say, don't jump in the puddle. You get your clothes dirty. When, in fact, that was an, an experiment in, in crater making. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's an experiment in, in fluid dynamics. If you look at it that way, you see children as being consistent and persistent experimenters of the world around them and as 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 adults we beat it out of them just like you said we somehow eviscerate it of all that is glorious in what it is to discover the world around you and we throw textbooks at them heavy textbooks Mm -hmm. we say memorize this here's an exam and so i'm uh, i i think that the the task here is to it's not to how do you get kids interested in science is how do you get out of the way so that they never lose it wow that is really really true because eventually you're told uh you're bad at this you know what i mean like you're not doing good you're bad at it when really the the thing that the kids have that our our greatest thinkers have is curiosity and we're born with curiosity and somehow it gets pushed away i remember once asking being really Finding the most amazing thing about how Shad came up to Chesapeake uh, Bay, back to this little lake near where my summer house was. How did they know how to do it? And the adults just said instinct, and that was the end of it for me. You know, like stop thinking about it; it's instinct. But there, that you could spend an entire lifetime 
on that one problem, and we have just an infinite amount of things. You know, it's funny. When we say instinct, the real answer is, we haven't a clue right. <laughs> why they do this. So you just accept it. Oh, it's instinct. And then you go on to the next problem. Nobody knows. Uh, whatever. If we could understand it, we certainly would have the explanation for it. Uh, so how, when you're, when you're running a show like Nova, how do you guys come up with what's next? We have know? really talented people. Nova is a product of WGBH, the PBS mm-hmm. affiliate in Boston. And there's an entire building of people that not only have the accountants and the the folks who run the business, there's the, the intellectual capital represented in that enterprise. And there, there are interns that flow in and out. There are staff that are experts in, in snip, uh, sniffing out uh, science topics that are not only interesting scientifically but would also make good TV mm-hmm. because that's that's one of the criteria it has to look that's why you'll see many fewer science segments on particle physics because maybe you can show the accelerator itself but the particle's not going to sit still for you to and ask it to smile and and take its picture so uh, whereas the universe we have we it's a it's a rich tapestry of cosmic uh, imagery that we can share so, so some fields better lend themselves to television than others but uh it's it's a team of people that sn- sniff out what stories might make good tv we then produce them and i host and i'm 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 your guide and it's we're an organism in the effort of bringing science down to earth and you've been involved in this kind of work uh Basically, your whole life, just not on that scale. Yeah, not on that scale, and less yeah. so with TV. I, I still would prefer to look at real faces in, a, in, a, in an audience when I'm communicating. It's tough to look at a camera lens and just believe that people are paying attention to you. Mm-hmm. There are no cues. There's no <laughs> feedback loop where I say, is he asleep? Is he reading a paper? Uh, I don't know. And so I actually have to heavily tap what I think will be their reaction as I'm delivering my lines based on actual reactions that I get from people when I'm in the real world. I have to sort of translate that over, hoping that I'm interpreting uh, what I'm saying accurately as they would be received by a listener. And it's amazing now that uh, the, the public speaking, when we send scientists out, how many people become interested. I mean, it's starting to draw now, like it was stand-up comedy or theater or whatever. Uh, I mean, it's a great theater, night that's, out. I, I, that's perfect. You're, you put your finger on it. I think you, you don't have to go far back, 20 years, 25 years, mm-hmm. when you go all, you can go months channel surfing, and you would never hit a science program. Maybe Marlo Perkins with, with, yeah. the, the, with the Mutual Omaha, the animals. The animals. Or stuff. who's the guy under sea? Uh, Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau. That was it. Yeah. That was your entire exposure to science. Today, with all these networks, Discovery Network leading the way and others, History Channel's getting into the act, you don't have to channel surf more than a couple hours before you stumble on a show on the search for life, on black holes, on string theory. And so we're living in a time where access to science is greater than ever before. And some of it is the personalities of the people delivering the content. And I'm happy to be on that landscape, mm. uh, one cog in a large wheel that did not exist in the time of Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan uh, forged that, that path through the brush and bramble. Uh, yeah. It got a lot of resistance at the time. This is not the, what, how scientists should behave. You know, get back to the lab. What are you doing? Communicating this to the masses. And Carl Sagan was one of the first to realize that most of the science that we do is tax-based funded. The National Science Foundation, National Institutes of Health, NASA. And if you're paying the tax money for the work that I'm doing, it's, it's not only a privilege that you should enjoy, it's your right 
to mm. have one of us tell you how we're spending your money. And also, I guess, so much of it we're willing to p- spend on military. So much like, oh, we'll throw this to military, uh, and it has whatever, you know, asset that it holds there. But now 99.9% of other things don't get taken care of or looked at the same way. You know what I wonder? If we think of the future of war, maybe it's chemical warfare, biological warfare. If there's any kind of such attack, are are you going to call the Marines? Is that who you're going to call if right. there's a bioterrorism? No, you're going to call biologists to mm-hmm. help you figure this out. So if war is the great driver of the spending of money, then maybe we're entering an era where we can view our intellectual capital as a security blanket, as opposed to just how many bombs and guns do you wield. And that would be a whole new time for us, I think. And particularly since now scientists, I mean, it's kind of amazing when you think about it in terms of history, but how quickly now you can hook up with other scientists compared to what it would have been like 100 years ago. Oh, you know, yeah, exactly. You're all together at any given time, whether it's on, you know, the, the telephone or whatever. Exactly. And so it's, it began with good telephone service, but then it led on, to, of course, to the Internet. Mm-hmm. And there was a day where you would publish a paper and it would have to get translated and someone might not see it for a year. Now I publish a paper, I post it. Anyone who cares about that field sees it within 24 hours. And comments as well. Right? Com- yeah, exactly, exactly, which are the best part because then they tell you if you got your, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're doing it right or not. I mean, that's part of the peer review that science requires so that you don't just float away into never-never land. Well, I think one of the interesting things that has come up now, too, is that somehow science and organized religion are on different sides and battle back and forth. And I think it's amazing to me how many times I'll get phone calls on my show and people will think that there's some kind of pro-atheism bent to science or they're trying to deliver a godless thing um but then when you talk to scientists all they're really trying to do is figure out the universe so how do you get that some kind of truth to be drawn here? you've made a, a perceptive observation and <clears throat> let me add some punctuation to what you just said okay the the stereotype is that all scientists are running around as atheists doing all they can to prove that god doesn't exist mm-hmm. when fact is most scientists it's just not even a thought. It's just you're just trying to understand the universe. There's, there's no mission statement. Let's undermine religion. It's mm-hmm. just we're just trying to understand the universe. If we dis- this is where the, now this is where the rubber can hit the road. If we discover something mm-hmm. that happens to conflict with a religious philosophy, religious writings, the books, uh, sacred texts, then that can conflagrate, and it has in the past, and it will continue to do so. But you don't find scientists knocking down the Sunday school door saying, that might not necessarily be true, you should be teaching this other stuff. That's never happened. Atheists don't even do that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, what you do find are religious fundamentalists trying to knock down the science classroom door, telling the science teacher what to teach. That's where you have the conflict. Otherwise, science and religion have been coexisting forever. Right. Forever. It's when you cross that line in the sand, and then you have to ask yourself, is this in the best interest of the nation or not, mm-hmm. to allow religious philosophies in a science classroom. If you undermine how science is conducted, then you undermine the most successful way we've ever known to generate wealth, mm. and that's innovations in science and technology. If you're prepared 
to recognize that consequence in a free society. If you're going to vote to allow that, all right. But I want you to understand what will happen to your country if that's what go if that's if that's how you want to plan your day. Yeah. So, but apart from that, between thirty and forty percent of scientists are religious. Mm-hmm. So, and we define that as: Do you pray to a personal god? There are people who go to church just for the cupcakes, you know, and for the social life. Sure. So just saying whether or not you go to church, that's not the measure of being religious. If you pray to a personal God, bada bing, that, that's it. You're yeah. religious. It's that number between thir- a third of all scientists in the West would count as religious under that criterion. So being a scientist is not synonymous with being an atheist, but people like casting it that way so they can have a fight on the radio, you know, so that they sure. can pick a fight and make it and polarize. So um, if your religion requires that human beings were made by the hand of God and science shows that we have this evolutionary track from beginning, then that's something you need to contend with. All right. I'm just I'm just saying that's deal with it. OK. Right. In whatever way you might. Uh, you, you can ignore the science. That's your freedom in a pluralistic free society. Uh, but if you want to continue to advance the frontier of our understanding of the universe, then come to terms with it. Catholic Church came to terms with it. They said, well, if God's way is religion, I mean, if God's way is is evolution, then then so be it. You know, uh, the, the church got over the fact that Earth wasn't in the center of the known universe, in the center of all motion. They, 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 they let that one get by yeah. <laughs> back from Galileo's day. So uh, being able to just is not something impossible. But there's, there's another fact unfolding here, and that's there is no religious revelation that scientists have ever had to contend with where they said, actually, the religion is correct and you guys are wrong. That's never happened. It's never come up once. Not even once. That's correct. So the trend line here is that science is discovering things about the universe that intermittently steps on the toes of religious philosophy. And uh, so the religions either adjust or they die in response to it. What... Also is amazing to me that is if you're looking for some kind of spiritual awe, you can find that looking at science. Exactly. It's amazing if we, if we loosen the word spiritual to mean anything that just makes you feel a deep sense of reverence and yeah. awe and, and inspiration, the universe, it's got it in spades. I mean, I, every time I'm up out under the stars looking up and I contemplate the immensity of it all, mm-hmm. not only from what I can see, but from what I know. Right. The, the scientific knowledge base that I bring to bear on those observations, uh, I'm there in stupefied silence as I gaze upwards. You know what's strange? Uh, when you said that, made me think of this. Oh, but, and people, feel, people feel that just looking at Hubble pictures. Oh, yeah. Hubble pictures will get that out of you in, in a heartbeat. In seconds where you'll just go, there is something so large here. But, you know, this summer we were up in the mountains and we had one of those uh, clear nights where the whole Milky Way was... and. Far it, away from the city, and, listeners. Yeah. And yeah. it was too much to even take in, where people start to say, I'm going to go inside, because we're so far away from nature now. Yeah. Uh, and we think of ourselves as separate from nature. And it's become one of the strangest things. That, and I guess you can blame science for making <laughs> life so comfortable. But it's, it's cut us off almost. Yeah, and part of the cutting off is we create our own cocoons, our own technological cocoons. We have our communication devices, so we don't walk to go have a conversation. Right. So there, there's a tree and a flower you might have walked past to get to someone else's house that is no longer necessary. There's the, um, what else? There's 
the fact that you live in cities, pollution is not as much, air pollution is not as much of a problem as it once was, thankfully, but light pollution is as bad as it ever was. At night in, in New York City, do we have any relationship with the night sky? Not at no. all. You look up, you see a building, you see lights, maybe the moon pokes through the mm-hmm. high rises or the skyscrapers, and that's about it. So we, we no longer have a relationship with nature. And I think that's, uh, I think we're robbing ourselves of, of a spiritual dimension of what it is to be alive. Absolutely. Uh, and then the other part of it, of course, is how much we can learn from nature all the time. I mean, the way people used to be so connected to it and it would be part of how human beings act. Yeah, I, what, what saddens me is when people, there are things they could have learned about nature had they paid attention, but then they just simply don't. Yeah. For example, you, there was a court case in Connecticut where the judge threw out the evidence that someone, there was some photographic evidence of when a crime, I forgot whether it was either was committed or was not committed. Mm-hmm. And it depended on the phase of the moon at the time the photo was taken. And so they brought in uh, an expert astronomer to say, well, uh, the almanac shows us what phase the moon was at that time. And you can show that it was not on this day, it was on another day. And the judge says, knowing the phase of the moon is like trying to predict the weather. So I throw this evidence <laughs> out of court. It's like, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> You, uh, by the way, I don't mind people not knowing. If mm-hmm. you didn't know that, fine. But your judge, excuse <laughs> right. me, you're in a position of power, of, of, of influence over the fate of another human being, and you take this ignorance, assert it as knowledge, and then act on it? That's scary. Mm. That's scary. And as an educator, I don't mind if you didn't know that you can predict the phases of the moon. Just don't invoke that ignorance in, 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 in a powerful place. Wield it over those uh, whose fate depends on your on how smart you are. That's that's uh, that world. If, if we're approaching that world, I'm scared. Well, you know, uh, there's this great Bill O'Reilly stuff that's on the internet. Where uh, how the tides come in, we don't know, and how come we have life here and not life on Mars? And I'm like, well, there's people here that'll teach you this stuff. Exactly, they would love exactly. To do your show. It, uh, if you Google my name Tyson and <laughs> Colbert and O'Reilly, all three in the same line. Uh, Colbert did a little skit that he mm-hmm. invited me in to uh, help him perform where it basically makes fun of O'Reilly's ignorance of not knowing or appreciating how the tides work. So it was a hilarious bit. Thanks so much for coming in. Nova every... Every Wednesday night. Every That's Wednesday right. night, 8 o'clock here, and you can check the local times. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I love that Motown and analogy with the space program. Isn't it the best, though? It's the best I one. love it. Uh-huh. Uh, take care, my friend, and we'll see you next time you come through. You're always welcome. Thanks a lot. Ron and Fez, the virus on Sirius XM. Dude, you're a little bitch. I am not. I don't even know why I hang out with you guys. Because you're a piece of shit. I am not a piece of shit. Yeah, but you're a little bitch. Sure. God damn it, man. I swear you guys rip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. Let's take our time. Ron and Fez show. On a weekday. Uh, reminding you, we got an unmask coming up 
We're going to be doing live on Monday Fred Armisen from SNL. And more importantly, he's doing this. He calls it a tribute to Ken from Portland, Portlandia. I can't tell the difference between the two of them right now. It's that dead on. Um, Gary, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, yes, good afternoon, Ron. Uh, I'd like to thank you for these interviews you do with these scientific people and things like that. You always seem to relate to them very well. They seem to relate to you. And I like the way you flow it from one topic to another. I really appreciate hearing that. I do listen to them all day long. And one other thing I really like is always at the end of the interview when some of these guys will say to you, I like your analogy on this. Mm. It, it, it always is like you, you know how to connect with these people. And I appreciate listening to that. It was a lot of fun, but I will tell you this. And, again, uh, I brought this up before uh, of how many people that I've been lucky enough to meet working here at Sirius. And it's, this kind of stuff has never happened in any other part of my career. And we have a lot of uh, huge stars that come in and out of here, whether they're TV stars. You heard ONA today, the people coming in and out. But uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was stopping traffic, man. He is a rock star, man. He's awesome. There were so many people waiting in the lobby to meet him because <laughs> he was just going to head out. And a lot of guys that you would not think, uh, and uh, one of them was Liam just talking his ear off, just That's like great. bringing out particles and shit. And people can really, really uh, uh, get off, just completely get off on some of this stuff. Um, here's Andy. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, great, great segment. Um, but I, I really wanted to bring up the further correlation between something you said and something Neil said. Uh, you know, you likened the, the two great things coming out of that decade of being Motown and and uh, and, and the space race and, and NASA. And he said, you know, that um, that science is something that we have to uh, maintain in our kids. And that not allowed to be drummed out of him. But interestingly enough, since you brought up Motown, I find the same thing uh, falls in line with music and the arts. You know, kids instinctively know how to do this stuff when yeah. they first come into it. And then, you know, it gets drummed out of them somewhere in their tweens. And then anybody going back into it later on spends tens of thousands of dollars at colleges and schools and stuff to remember what they knew. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. And it's even like when you look at certain artists um, that become popular, people like Basquiat, they're like, oh, he paints like a child. He holds the brush as a child. You actually have to teach yourself to go back and do the stuff that we came into the world of uh, being able to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, and look at how many, look how many kids like, do, uh, you know, go into like, schools like Second City and stuff like improv, and, and they spend thousands of dollars learning how to play. When, when they were kids, you know, they would accept any reality and, and build it to a level of detail that most adults just have to sit back and scratch their head and be like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. It, that is you know? true. That Really, just think back to when, like, you and your friends were playing, whether it was Army or Cowboys and Indians or Store or Little Girls Playing House. You'll never see anyone go, I, I can't get the character on this. I keep trying. I really don't know how to be a queen uh, you just suddenly become the queen. You just suddenly become the cowboy. And everybody just knows how to do this stuff. And there's something that happens 
with life that starts to drum it out of us. And the 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 beauty of what I thought that uh, Tyson was talking about there was the stuff that you get in trouble for as a little kid is science. And at some point, to become a good student, instead of running around in the woods and going into the the creek and turning over a rock and grabbing a crayfish with your hands, coming out and putting in a jar and looking at it. That isn't science. Science is sitting in a room, being quiet while the teacher is talking and not bothering the other children. The weird thing is, the kid who has this natural curiosity and this natural thing to maybe he'll be the guy that could discover a new way of doing stuff, that gets drummed out of him in school. And I totally get it's a difficult thing to bring 30 kids together in a class. But at the same time, we have to have the balls to say to ourselves, this shit ain't working, and it ain't worked in a long time. You know, there's something uh, about this that makes you think, would it be easier if we were just beaming his talks into kids' homes and they had to be able to talk about it? Not sit down and remember every fact that he came up with. But what you would really like to teach a kid is how to think like a scientist or how to think like an artist or think like a musician. That's the weird stuff. Um, let's go over to uh, Mike. Mike, you're on A great interview. Uh, he was talking about the religion, churches, and you were too, and and I don't kind of want to point out that my wife and I are both kind of agnostics and, and put science first, but we're also really active in our church with our kids because it's just a great place to raise kids. And they have their friends there, and it's just a warm place to, to kind of grow up in. So what do you teach your kids about religion? Do you, do you teach them your views or the stuff that they're hearing in school? Uh, mostly our views, but they hear it in school too. And I figure, just like me, they can figure out figure it out on their own. You know, when they get a little older. But, um, uh, so yeah. I let them kind of be brainwashed, but it's a fantastic place to to have kids at. Uh, you know, again, that's the beauty of of choice. It's certainly one hundred percent the beauty of choice because not every church would be the best place to have kids. You found one that works for you. You know, dig it. Um, Let's go over to, um, but, you know, it was very interesting. You know, like you're saying, I'm an agnostic, but then I teach my kids just follow along with the other kids that belong to something. Uh, a friend of mine who's pretty influential person to me, and I think of as a bright person, they gave me the thing, well, religion is good because it kind of keeps the the weight on the... I'll think of the best word for it, but I'll just put it in peasants. It will keep the peasants from rising up, um, which is an incredibly superior fucking look at the universe, you know. I get it uh, because we see it in Egypt. Uh, you know, you see those people running around. They're after freedom, and it looks good, but at the same time, it looks dangerous. There is danger to freedom. There's real danger to uh, freedom. Uh, Eric, you're in Renefez. Howdy. I just want to thank you very much for that wonderful interview as well. Uh, the guy's an amazing dude. And he also has an amazing uh, gift and, and uh, an incredible power. And 
uh, I don't know if you saw him on uh, Bill Maher a couple of nights ago, um, but he said he made the claim that science is truth, whether you believe it or not. And um, that's just an incorrect statement. Science is the study and the search for truth. Well, well, here it, it, uh, no, let me just go back to saying this. He's talking about not just the academic sense of science. He, when he made that statement, he was talking about the the just the truth that science being truth, right? So let's say this. Let's suppose Fez Watley came in and said, I don't believe in gravity. I don't get it. I've tried to study it. I just don't think there is a gravity. Well, it wouldn't matter. He would still be under the laws of gravity. He doesn't get to not believe in gravity and go floating up through the clouds and and into nothingness. So I think that's what he was talking about. And what I do like about scientists is, and I, I, if Neil was here, I'm sure he would back this up a million percent. But I will speak in front of any, I think, for any scientist to say this. They would love to be the guy who proves anything that Einstein said wrong. Because that is part of science. That when you hand in something, whether it's a theory, whatever piece of, whatever paper that you have, right? When, when Neil was talking about handing in a paper, everybody grabs that paper and immediately starts checking it off to prove why you're wrong. They started with, I'm going to disprove his work. And then when everybody can't disprove the work, then they put it in. And that's what scientific theory is. It really isn't just this thing of, I kind of think it, so we'll go on and believing it. Uh, Mike, in the Bronx, you're on Run Fez. Yeah, Ronnie, you sound like a million bucks. Um, you were talking about kids before and how people have to relearn things when they're older that they were trying to do as kids. There's all these new studies out, fancy court studies, that um, kids' brains now are completely wired differently from ours because they have all the technology and the digital documents and the digital media. And as a result of that, it's completely a disconnect where we now are trying to go back and do the things that kids are doing and act the way the kids act, but we just can't because their brains are physically wired differently than ours. Um, I, I would believe there's some real truth to that, and here, like, here's my own kind of slant on that. Because uh, over the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, maybe a little more, we get worried about ADD. The kid has ADD. He's not able to concentrate. He has ADD. Well, I'm telling you right now, my producer, uh, if he did not have ADD, he would not be able to work here. Um, <laughs> if you take somebody like Chris Stanley in his job uh, situation on a daily basis, he probably is balancing... 20 to 30 projects that either I pitch them, Fez pitches them, uh, Rob Cross pitches them. So if he had the kind of thing of it's very important to get a job and finish it and see it through the way that you would have been taught to do a job 20, 30 years ago, he'd be out. He would be out. It wouldn't work out. And that's the way most of the jobs are going to be now. You better have some amount. Of ADD. Um, let's go over here to Nick. Nick, you're on Manifest. Hey, buddy. Yeah. So uh, you guys were talking earlier about um, having to like how like you all of your art or your science or whatever kind of gets drug out of you. 
but maybe you never really had it to begin with. Maybe you were just a good little drawer for a kindergartner. Maybe you played an okay cowboy for a four-year-old. That doesn't make you Picasso or Martin Sheen. No, first of all, but but (laughs) Martin Sheen and Picasso. But here's the interesting thing. I, I, I... just like the fact that I would never become a great scientist. But what I think that you also want to be able to teach the kids is how to appreciate a Picasso or a Martin Sheen. You know, it was uh, a long time ago. Um, I was coaching. I got dragged into coaching Little League uh, uh, baseball and basketball. And if that thing seems weird to you, See what happens when your kids at a certain age and there's no one else to coach. But these parents would come over and say, you know, I want my kid to do this. I go, look, let me explain something to you. All you're really doing when you have a a baseball team is try to that these kids will be able to appreciate baseball as they get older and know what they're looking at. The chances of this kid going on and becoming uh, A-Rod are very very slim but you want him to know what did what a rod is doing and that's how you become a baseball fan that's how you become a football fan so you're not just sitting there yelling out stupid thing but to actually know what's going on in a game the same can be true of science music art you name it you do play a part in this as a member of the audience and you would like to be um, a discerning member of the audience um, I pro- I got off on this thing uh, Fez Watley I told you you could grab the stick today this is Fez Watley's day yeah we have the uh, Republican uh, congressman Chris Lee from New York who has uh, resigned after sending shirtless photos of himself to a woman who of course wasn't his wife uh, that he met on Craigslist the self the shirtless self portraits the taking a photo of myself in the mirror I will never understand and this I don't understand after all the crap that Brett Favre got and it's still not going away how in the world could you think I can send a photo of myself to someone and not get caught? It's mind-boggling to me. I mean, I don't even... Well, who caught him? Well, what happened was he sent it to this woman on Craigslist, and, it, and then she released it. No, I get that, but what does that even have to do? I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. Does this mean that the guy can't be a congressman? Uh, he feels like he's done so much damage to his reputation and his family, he needs to quit. I don't even think anyone asked him to quit. Mm-hmm. He jumped out ahead of that. Uh, what always is the, the funnier part of this, it's not so much of getting caught or not getting caught, but to go back and look and see the stuff that he voted against or, or voted for. It's always those same kind of thing that feels like those same kind of people who want to govern over our morality, but then have the same urges as everybody else who goes to Craigslist. The the funny thing to me is, why are we still acting like it's crazy when people are hunting for strange on Craigslist? It's just as normal as everything else in our life, but we still become this kind of witch hunt of, how can this happen? How could this... 
go on and ask half the people that you fucking know. Half the people you know have went after Strange. And yet we still act like we don't see it happening. Wait, he doesn't like fucking his wife? What? Um, let's go over here to John. John, you're on manifest. You know, this congressman only fucked up in one way. He didn't follow Brett Favre's number one rule of don't take a picture with your face in it. Um, Drew, Kevin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey, look, great way for him to keep from getting caught, AshleyMadison.com, the site. Really? setting up yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah. A really good point. We've sat around and promoted AshleyMadison.com for years, and then, Fezzi, you're like, well, how could this happen? It's something people do. And yet we still haven't caught up with this is what people do. And it's a false, it's a false amount of shock. We're not shocked. Why would we be? <gasps> I'm amazed by the stupidity of it. I'm amazed by the cheapness. Come on, you can go just get an escort service. Um, I thought it was even funnier that he locked in. Check it out. He was fucking <laughs> tightening up. Um, you say that you're amazed by the stupidity of it, but we just sat around. We talked about it's almost like we're still running on these older morals than are than are actually here today. They're out there. People do this. I saw an article about um, is it okay to send an e card? For Valentine's Day, and it was promoting, you know, sending an email Valentine to your significant other. I don't think that works. First of all, what year is this that we're sending e-cards? I thought that was like the 90s. Do people still send them out, Hicks? I don't think I've ever received one. I remember getting some e-vites, and then there would be the e-card that would have this really bad little... uh Kind of like a picture of a lion or something. Yeah, oh, or something. terrible. Some terrible image. That just but I haven't seen those in over ten years. I got them for Christmas. Who sent it to you? Uh, my friend the Kamish sent one out, and it was like a mass one too. So everybody got the same uh, e card. But I think Valentine's Day. I think that has to be the physical card with the signature on it. I think if you if you get who it, would you send it to? The other kids in class. No, I mean, if I, if, uh, for a significant other, like a wife or a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You would mail her a card? No, I would hand them a card, a Valentine's Day card. But why? I never understood that either. Here's something that costs $3 and I've signed my name to it. No, well, you throw some scratch-offs in there. Class it up. I can see that for, you know, a weird, like, I'm supposed to give you a birthday present. But the, will you be my Valentine and you're already in a relationship? I think the Valentine card goes out in third grade. When you had to give one to all your uh, oh, kids God, in your yeah, class, yeah. even the boys, remember? <laughs> I don't want you giving it to just the girls. They would make up a list that everybody had to get it. And then you had to bring in a shoebox to turn into a mailbox. Oh, put that on your desk? Yeah, you, ha you had to decorate it and cut a slot in the top of it for people to walk by and slide their valentines in. Uh, Bruce, you're Yeah, I don't know whether it's false outrage or manufactured interest in a story that's got to be happening right now. But in two days, everybody's going to forget this guy, and he'll be our trusted name in news like Elliot Spitzer. He's, he fucked everybody. 
I know. And again, no one's holding Elliot Spitzer to it. We totally get it. Got a TV show now. He's doing better. <laughs> the fuck? It's all kind of ridiculous. Those co-hosts got the shit got shit can, I believe. I, I I heard she was a pain in the ass. I've never watched the show, but I heard she was dragging feet before it even started. <laughs> then she got pissed because he talked too much. Neil deGrasse Tyson asked me to do a show with him. What really? Well, I asked him. I called. I know more than you, Neil, and it was just be like a quiz show. That's pretty cool. He's like, why would I do something so stupid? Oh, he he wasn't down for it. No, but he did say this when he was leaving. I'm going to use that Motown line. Well, you better cite Ron Bangton as your source, buddy. Um, and then he uh, then he brought up, believe it or not, Kinnison. Started. It was a very weird conversation. Um, let's go over here, to Dave. Dave, you're on run, Fez. Hey, what's going on, guys? Fezzy. You shouldn't have put a stop on that great subject. You put a uh, show to a halt on that. Anyway, that guy Degrassi sounded like uh, Earl. Was that Earl in disguise? No, but I think him and Earl would get along very, very well together. Very, very well. The motel part. Um, Victor, you're on running Fez. Hey, I just want to start this out by saying I am a single man, but I I, uh, pretty much agree with you. If you're married, you know, there's no sense in taking your wife on a date. You know, you already got her, so that's the same thing as sending a you know a girl you're seeing a freaking Valentine's Day card. Yeah, I don't get the Valentine's Day card. I don't really get any cards. I don't understand it. It's not like they're free. They're just stupid to me. Although I did see a great one that said, "I love us." Fez, I'm stepping all over your bits. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to. I don't want to take you out. That's Fez, okay. Fezzy, you got the stick. Yeah, and I with uh, I I've never had a Valentine, but I guess I have theories on oh, it. Oh no! Maybe this year you'll get a Valentine. That would be nice, but uh, I also think with uh, with the flowers, that the flowers are also along the same lines as a card, where it's not the gift; it's maybe icing on the cake. But flowers by themselves, I've never thought is the actual gift for Valentine's Day. What are you talking about? Well, it's nice to get flowers, but that should be part of the day, where it's not the whole gift. Maybe there be, should be something al- else along the lines. Uh, you're making up a shit for guys that don't need this. Yeah, really. Flowers on, are more man. than enough. Yeah. I would rather we got around to, what is it going to be? Those pajamas? Well, yeah, a pajamagram or a nice teddy bear. Either right, so one of those. So you're just selling. You don't really mean this. No, I think so. I th- no, I think that. I think flowers are very nice, but I don't know if they're the Valentine's Day gift. There's no such thing as this Valentine's Day. It's made up. It's only to get guys in fucking trouble. Um. Yeah, and back to the e-cards, it's where, you know, if you're getting an e-card, I think it just looks like, it's going to get, it's just going to be like getting an email from Omaha Steaks or something. It's just going to be along those lines. The effort doesn't seem like it's there. Steaks are good. I like it because you can hit delete. Look who it is, it's Hard Rag Johnny. Oh, boys. Yeah. That guy reminded me of Mike the Teacher from way back a little bit. Maybe a little more knowledgeable, but back to Yeah, back a little more. Day. Just a little, a little more, but, you know. Um, this year was weird for this holiday season. 
I got way more e-cards from companies who were saying that, you know, they're sending you this e-card because they're trying to be more eco-friendly than sending a regular card. Tons of them. I've never, it was like the new, the thing. So you didn't get it from any real people. You got it from vendors. Um, you know, some, some vendors, some people that I have actual, you know, that working relationships with. But Eddie Drunk? A lot more. Uh, he doesn't send me one. I was sad. Didn't get anything. Oh, no. Oh. Well, what do you send? Your company, you send real cards? Uh, we had an option of doing an e-card, but we felt it was more, you know, personal to do a, a regular card and do, you know, I think it's a little more classy. I always send an e-card, which is an actual card, but there's just a tab of E in it. <laughs> Hell yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's Keep great. Inside. All right, talk to you later, Jenny. Later, boys. Benny, you're on running Fez. In my personal opinion, and may, call me a cheapskate or whatever you want, but I think that Valentine's Day and all these fucking bullshit holidays are, like, marketing, you know, by Hallmark and American Greetings and that stuff. I, it's like, you know what? I just got to go out and spend cash, you know? Three, four hundred dollars, whatever it is, because it's Valentine's Day. It's, it irritates me. Yeah, I think it's stupid. I really do. Rocky. What's up? Uh, Fez, you obviously never did have a Valentine. Fucking roses on Valentine's Day? Like 75, 100 bucks. It's definitely a gift. I think it's uh, to me it's a, it's a nice touch. It's an added feature. I mean, if you if you're going to go with flowers or a gift, I would go with a gift. What would the gift be? I don't know, maybe a little piece of jewelry or something nice that uh, she's wanted. Jesus. How do you come up with these thoughts? Well, I, I guess I fantasize about a Valentine's Day, and I just think of these things. I'm going to tell you what. When's Valentine's Day? It's Monday. Me and Hicks are going to bring be your Valentine's. Bring us some nice gifts. Oh, hell yeah. We'll see whether you do a good job or not. All right. You can be my Valentine's. Hicks. Oh. Uh, Hicks. Oh, God. Mo. Hicks, Mo. Uh. North Carolina's, uh, the University of North Carolina's chancellor uh, has apologized for taking a shot at Duke students leading up to last night's game for sleeping in tents to wait uh, in line in order to get in to see uh, UNC Duke play. So I don't think he has to apologize. I don't think there's anything wrong with the chancellor of a university getting in on the big college rivalry. Send him an e-card. So I think it's, well, I don't even understand what the insult was. They're sleeping out for tickets. Yeah, I guess it's an annual thing for the game. The Duke students will, get, you know, all camp out in tents. And he said something like, "Our students are focusing on the future, not lay, not laying around in tents." Yeah, because Duke is such a shitty school, and none of those kids get good jobs. And he felt he had to apologize for it. Uh, Chris, you're on running fez. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the article on uh, Huffington Post today. It's also on uh, crack.com, but uh, it mentions uh, a, a bacteria or a parasite that actually grows in cat urine and lives in people's brains uh, that they've done studies that said uh, this bacteria makes you more self-reproaching and insecure, and that actually made me think of Fez. So I might just need to uh, drill that sucker out. Show. Hey, Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. 
Uh, Shalom, how are you? I yeah. got a uh, question for Fez. He mentioned uh, a piece of, you know, a nice small piece of jewelry. Uh, that can really flow up in your face. More of a thing. Uh, you, uh, your phone's going out. His point was this, Fezzy. What's a small piece of jewelry? What does that cost? Uh, maybe some earrings or something that you could probably pick up for like 30 bucks or something like that. All right. Now you need to be welcome to the world. Why? You don't go fucking hand in chicks, $30 fucking earrings. First of all, $30 earrings will probably rot their ears out. Yeah. Infected. <laughs> but if they like them, I think it would be a nice gift. It was something that you Who saw. Who does? No. Have you ever met a woman who said like a nice $30 pair of earrings for my men? You're going to end up in Dutch, my friend. Look, baby, sterling silver. You're going to love them. That's paperclip. So it's, um, I guess the candy is nice, too. Because that, that's always a gift that you can uh, actually share. And you go ahead and you give it to your lady, and then you end up eating it yourself. How much would you spend on the candy? What's the candy? $10? For a Whitman sampler? Who oh, eats that? No. <laughs> He's getting Whitman samplers and fucking $30 earrings. Or a Brock's heart. You know what? I think you've got a Valentine in 1924. Got my sale pennies. It was great. You know, I'm a Fuller Brush salesman. I'm here to see my sweetheart. I just got off at Penn Station. I'm going to make this little gal my my own. Um, let's see here. The uh, Marvel Comics, uh, with the death of the Human Torch, uh, the Fantastic Four has changed their name. They're now the Future Foundation. And they've added a new member, Spider-Man. Now, this seems like a real step down for Spider-Man. He's always been a solo act. And now what's going on, and he's always had his own villains to fight. Now he's dressing like the rest of the Fantastic Four. And, uh, and trying to form, I guess, a super group here. Well, even Clapton wanted to join uh, Blind Faith. It seems Doesn't like, mean he has to do it forever. It seems like a Marvel Comics demotion of Spider-Man. Yeah, but it's not permanent. Here's the truth about Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man. He does whatever a spider can. So it's uh, so it's all brand new white uniforms. They're nurses. And the Future Foundation, that really doesn't sound like a superhero group. More of like a charity or something. We're going to build schools in Africa. That's our superpower. Uh, Ralph, you're in run of Fez. Hey, if Fez is going to spend uh, 30 on the earrings, how much was he going to spend on that little extra on the fly? Here's Andrew. You're on run of Fez. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I just want to say uh, most girls would like flowers better than a shitty $30 pair of earrings because most girls want to show their gift off and shit to friends. And a nice pair of, or a nice bunch of roses is usually more expensive than a shitty pair of earrings, Fez. Well, we'll see how he does. I guess uh, Hicks will be getting a Whitman sampler. Great. Really had my eye on that Tiffany bracelet. I like candy, but I want it to taste more like plastic. Do you have a Whitman sampler? 
I don't think Chris Stanley would turn it down. Well, he wouldn't turn anything down. He eats out of garbage. Uh, pretty much. The owner of the bar where Shia LaBeouf uh, got punched in the face last week says he will release the entire video. He captured the whole fight, on, uh, and uh, he will release it if he keeps getting criticized for not stopping the fight. So apparently Shia LaBeouf is saying that this is basically the bar's fault for not stepping in. Yeah, I don't even think I even heard about this. Yeah, I think it was in California, and he got well, that into, narrows it down. He got into an argument with um, with someone and ended up getting punched. Right, the guy got. In, uh, I guess Shia LaBeouf went after him, and the guy got in the first punch and punched him right in the face. This guy should send Lindsay Lohan and Charlie Sheen flowers and candy. They're keeping him in the back pages. It's true. That's not as bad, though. He's the one who got punched in the face. If he had punched someone in the face, it'd be a lot worse. Lindsay Lohan looked great going into court yesterday. I didn't see her. Oh, she looked real good. Just kind of slutty to be going to a court appearance after you violate probation. It is nothing for her. It's just another fucking day at the beach. <laughs> yeah, she had on a very short white dress. She said white... Maybe she's in the Future Fighters or whatever the Spider-Man group is. The Future Foundation... She said that um, her uh, white dress was for uh, to symbolize innocence. And her big tits. Why didn't she just say it just means I'm covered in cum? <laughs> she also went into court wearing a lot of jewelry, which I don't know if that... Valentine's Day, $30 earrings. I don't know if that was the smartest move, since she's actually accused of stealing jewelry. Maybe she's saying, I got mine. Animal Planet is starting a new reality show about pest extermination and is offering free services for anyone infested enough to make it on their show. Mm. So I don't think this show is actually going to survive. I mean, no one would mind bed bugs, but when they get into giant rats and raccoons, I think PETA's, uh, this is one of those shows where PETA will come down hard on, and I don't think we're going to get to see them uh, capturing and trapping raccoons. Radio Psychic. All right, there's Fez Watley's prediction. Animal Planet's uh, pest show will not ask, last. And a, an Egyptian pop star was uh, who had been criticizing the protesters went out in public to apologize, and he ended up getting kicked and punched and chased away by angry mobs. So apparently... This would be like if we had protests in this country and we decided to then beat up Justin Timberlake. Just dragging him out into the street. Well, now I understand your story. I didn't get it all until you tied it in with that analogy. Justin they Timberlake, don't end up on the wrong side here. Uh, Emerson, you're on run of us. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. What can we do for you? I'm probably the only girl I know who gives her boyfriend a pass on Valentine's Day. How come? Um, 
I I tell him that I want gifts throughout the year, not just one day a week or one one time out of the year. I want gifts throughout the year, not just one time out of the year. So I give him a pass on Valentine's Day. I'll tell you this. I don't know why anybody would want to go out to dinner that day. It's like the worst cramped night. Uh, they yeah. try to act like, all right, here's the only dessert we have. It's really one of the worst nights of the year for you. Yep, I agree. All right, thanks, darling. Um... Let's go over here to Doug. You're on Fez. Yeah, Fez, Big Exterminator's been on A&E for about three or four years now, and it's the same concept. It's an exterminator dressed up in fucking black and studs and trench coats, and he catches raccoons, kills cockroaches, kills rats, catches alligators. Same fucking show. It's probably the biggest show on A&E. Fez predicts it will be canceled four years ago. Mark his words. You know about these other exterminator shows? No, I just heard about this new one coming on Animal Planet. Um, and uh, Russian scientists think there's a chance that the there's an asteroid about three football fields long that could hit the Earth. And they've got it narrowed down to April 13th, the year 2036. Where apparently this is one that um, had, uh, I think had come close before, and they're thinking next time around. I've got a plan. Drill diggers. Bunch of renegade drill diggers. We drive them up there. We drop them off. Let them start dr- digging. Um, here's uh, Amy. You're on Run Fez. Hey, Fezzy. Hey, Ron. I've been wanting to call for so many years, but never until until Fezzy said the $10 Whitman sampler have I laughed so hard in my life. When he gets on a roll, he says some things that just crack me up, and I sat at my desk, and I had to call. I had to tell him just how funny that was. How'd you think of that joke, Fez? Oh, I, uh, I, the way I did it was by not thinking it was a joke. What do you mean? That I was serious about it. Sometimes my dad used to get those when we were little kids, so it was still a funny thing. Even if I may not want chocolate now as an adult, it was still just hysterical, just the way you delivered it. I'm telling you, you're doing great. Thanks, Amy. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Alex, you're on run a fez Hey, Fezzy. What are you doing for Valentine's Day? And if your girl goes around showing other people what you got her, then... She's really not the right type. Yeah, Fez, I, I, I don't have Fez, any plans on what, Valentine's. When are we going to get to meet that little gal of yours? When are you going to swing her by? All right, Fez, this got uh, written to you um, from some of the Marvel people, because you crossed the line there. Um, Spider-Man has a longstanding um, history with the FF. That's Fantastic uh, Four. Spider-Man and Reed Richards have common respect for each other as scientists. Spider-Man has also worked with the Avengers and the X-Men. Wolverine knew Peter Parker's parents and is one of the supers who knows who Spider-Man's secret identity is. Um, Spider-Man and Captain America have had friction in the past because Spider-Man won't unmask, even for the cap. So endeth the lesson. Well, you never know. You don't know all that much about the Marvels. You're the other side, right? Right. I, I tend to read DC comics. 
So all this stuff is new to you? Yeah, it just, you know, I think there's a little different thing than Spider-Man being in the Avengers, where it's a bunch of heroes that all come together, and going to work for Mr. Fantastic. Right, but won't he still have his own line of Spider-Man comics still? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he will. So it's not like he's not going to have a solo career. And isn't it just made up? Isn't it just drawings we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just comic books. But I, did, I, th I still think it's a brand, and it makes them look bad. Spider-Man's done in this town. Fuck Spider-Man. He works Queens anyway. How can we web-slinging from those row houses? I don't know. <laughs> How about how fucking Daredevil just works Hell's Kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, he's almost like a Chinese restaurant where he won't go too many blocks north or south. And who's he beating up now? It's like, uh, fucking financiers or gay guys? I don't know. <laughs> Those fucking gentrified people that moved in from the suburbs. I think Doctor Strange has the downtown area. Doctor Strange should be my nickname. Yeah, he's, he's chilling in Grange Village. And the Fantastic Four, the Future Foundation, I believe they're they're more uh, midtown. Yeah, they're midtown. And next men are Westchester. That's where the Xavier School for Gifted Mutants is. Sad that I know that. But they have that jet plane that'll get them to New York very quickly. In fact, they probably where miss they it. Where they land? Because there's a fucking airport in Westchester. <laughs> then where are they going to land? JFK? They'd be, easy, be better off if they just drove in. It's going to be just as long as a drive trying to get in from Kennedy. With that traffic... I don't think they divvy up any other cities either. I think most of the Marvel comics, I think, just work out of Manhattan uh, Hulk, or out of New York. The Hulk should get his own city. I don't like him being a drifter and all. He's a real American, right? Wasn't that his song? That was a different Hulk. How can there be more than one Hulk? How many Hulks can there be? Which one yelled Hulk smash? That was the Incredible Hulk. Here comes the Incredible Hulk. When that scare kids. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Which one has the giant daughter? That's it. That's Hulk Hogan. I think it gets inappropriate when he puts on his suntan lotion. Rub that ass. Hey, did you see J Lo today? Oh, J Well? Yeah, I saw J Well today, yeah. How is she looking? She's looking alright. Slow down, girls. A lot of makeup. Well, sure. Really done up. Well, she should be. She's out rocking. She's promoting. Promoting that second part of the se second season of Jersey Shore, or third season, wherever it is now. And then the new show, Cab's Here. I thought it was called T-Shirt Time. How come they'll never wear a button shirt? I don't know. I like the wife beaters. Steve, you're on Run of Fez. Hi, Ron. Hey. I wanted to give Fez maybe a different view on the Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. Uh, the Fantastic Four has always been like a family to uh, Spider-Man, and Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, was Spider-Man's uh, best friend in the Marvel Universe. So I think it's like a family member stepping in on a family that's hurt. 
and the Fantastic Four has always been more of uh, explorers than a, an actual super team. So that's where the uh, name change came from. Oh, okay. So, why do we always get into this thing where you know DC, right? Yeah. And then you comment on Marvel, and then all the Marvel people are mad. Yeah, I never understand the Marvel moves. Well, why do you bring it up, though? Or maybe Google a little bit. Learn a little of the history if you're going to bring it up. Wikipedia, dog. You already knocked one out of the park with your uh, advice show of flowers ain't enough. Get some $30 earrings and a $10 box of Whitman samplers. <laughs> Here's uh, John in Louisiana. You're on a fest. Hey, Fezzy, I'm just wondering if uh, those $30 earrings you bought weren't from John Candy in an airport. He's a good salesman. No, I didn't buy any shower curtain rings. If you go to Unmasked Show on Twitter.com, Unmasked coming up live Unmasked on Monday. Put in your request for seats there at Unmasked Show uh, on Twitter for SNL's Fred Armisen. All right, we're going to break here uh, back in a couple of minutes. Fezzi's got the stick today, and I'm telling you this, Hicks. Ew. I don't see you get many more free breakfasts. No, not at all. I'm going to fucking miss them, too. Well, I'm going to miss them, and I'll be happy at the same Let's time. Let's do letter grades right now. Right, letter grades of Fezzy with the stick so far. Fezzy, you too. All right, Hicks, what do you have? I'm giving Fezzy a solid B today. B? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right, Mark Zito? I have Fez a B minus. B minus. What'd you take off for? A little bit of bulldozing. The B stands for a little <laughs> bit of bulldozing. Ouch. Oh man. Um You know, maybe I'm a homer, I give him an A plus plus. That might be a little high. Fez, what do you give yourself? F. Why? Oh. Just not feeling too good today. What's wrong? I feel sick to my stomach. That doesn't have anything to do with how you're doing on the show. No, but I think it's... That's a no, really good point. No, I just... Uh, no, I don't, I don't think any of that was any good. It was Why stupid. Why not? Because you don't feel good? What's wrong? Just chest pain. Uh, nausea and chest pain. Is that a new shirt? No, I've had this one a while. What'd you do? Just get it cleaned or something? It's very bright today. Yeah, I think it's the lights in here. It's a shiny... Corduroy fabric. I will tell you this, my friend. You should be standing in front of those lines, those lights every day. You're glowing. You're simply glowing. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, what are you going to be talking about when we get back, Fizz? Um, I'm not sure. All um, right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Mystery topic. Coming our way. Ron and Fez. Rockin'. After the jump. The virus. Sirius 197 XM202. Ron and Fez.
That's the one, the only, New York Dolls. Uh, and Hicks just tells me during the break, Liam comes by and tells him that uh, we're going to have a guest from the New York Dolls tomorrow. Looks like Mr. David Johansson will be stopping by. Mr. David Johansson of the fabulous New York Dolls. Buster Poindexter. On the show. Now, why the New York Dolls, I'm going to give you a little... Musical history lesson. Higgs, pull up a chair. Uh, Why the New York Dolls were doing this unbelievable cross-dressing Godfathers of Punk act in New York City. Uh, the country of Angolan had a little something we like to call glam rock. T-Rex, David Bowie, Slade, and a little band called Roxy Music, who, in my opinion... We're in a little bubble that floated all above the problems of the world. And inside that bubble, singing like a little British god, uh, was the great Brian Ferry, who has made some of the greatest music of all time. And I also understand on the show tomorrow, Brian Ferry. So how am I supposed to deal with stuff like this? David Johansson and Brian Ferry stopping by. It's pretty mind-boggling. It is. It's really totally insane, to be fully honest. It's this place, nuts. This, this place isn't fucking madhouse. It really is. It's 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 a crazy, crazy place. So um, we look forward to it if it happens, and we hope it does. But uh, that's bizarre to hear those two names <laughs> on the same day. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. Um, real rock star stuff. Real rock star stuff. No offense to you and your shady 45. Uh, we're talking about rock star royalty. Oh, gigantic. It doesn't get fucking any bigger. Uh, Brian Ferry is... Uh, I'm not even sure if his feet should touch the ground. I don't know whether we live in the kind of a world that Brian Ferry should have to walk anywhere. He should be carried. That could be arranged. Or if anything, Rose is thrown in front of him. That's classy. So I'm looking forward to those cancellations. I don't want to take the stick away from you, big cat. Uh, stuff is coming in, and people are loving, loving what they're hearing. How are you feeling? Feel like you're back into it? Um, I, I think struggling a little bit. What are you yeah. struggling about? Um, just some, uh, just, I guess some nerves making me dizzy and stuff. Um, by the way, uh, Eastside Lama said that Kevin Smith on, uh, his Twitter called, um, the Unmasked, uh, from yesterday, one of my favorite interviews of all time, Ron Rules. And then Eastside Lama said, are you going to take that? I will. I'm going to take it this time. Um, <clears throat> anywhere on how soon we can hear the 
uh, at Kevin Smith Unmasked. I uh, <clears throat> would like to play it tomorrow. <clears throat> um, then Shower Bench writes in, talking about Fez's Valentine stuff. <clears throat> the thing to do is to put the earrings in the box where the messenger chocolate should be. The $30 earrings. Blow her away. <clears throat> oh, do they have a Vermont teddy bear for under $10? Fez? Oh, perfect. That would be, that would make a fantastic Valentine's Day gift. So they do? For under $10? Oh, I thought you were telling me they did. <clears throat> no. I don't know anything about them. I'm not permitted to be part of the live reads anymore, even though I thought I was very good at it. Um, I give Fez a C because he finally made Ron start talking after being locked up in his own thoughts all these years. Um, let's see. Does Neil DeGrasse... Is it DeGrasse? DeGrasse. DeGrasse Tyson know if the Marvel Universe ever bumps into the DC Universe and if this is evidence of a multiverse. I'll have to look into that. Um, I'm crying over the $30 earrings and $10 Whitman sampler. Fez should puke up those eggs right now. Listening to a wannabe plank that has never had a relationship with a man and woman really hurts my feelings. Time to cry. Hmm. Fez just said hard on. I don't even remember that. Well, Spider-Man unmasked for Ronnie B. I hope so. The great uh, Whitman sampler joke. How do you do it? That caller made me laugh. Uh, you're back in today, and you said this is the first day. Fez, you feel like you're running the stick again and feeling almost like first day back in the gym? Uh, yeah, a day, uh, definitely first day back in the gym feel. Loving it? Uh, yeah. Yep. Good. Uh, the mayor of Detroit has uh, nixed some plans for a RoboCop statue. A statue of RoboCop, who, of course, uh, saved Detroit in the movies. That was brought up, and the mayor says, no, we are not going to do a statue honoring RoboCop. I think the way it, the way it came up was um, in Philadelphia where they have the Rocky statue. I think there were some Detroit Council people who were jealous of that situation and decided to um, say, we need, we need a movie star statue as well, a fictitious character statue to match what the fine people of Philadelphia have. Uh, we got a Jackie Gleason statue. Uh, well, not even Jackie Gleason, but the Honeymooner statue in front of the bus station here. I think TV Land put it up. Oh, yeah, TV Land's gone around and put up a few of those things. This was actually going to be Detroit spending their money to do this themselves. I think if uh, you're going, uh, your town's most uh, famous fictional character, um, I think New York should probably have a Snake Plissken statue. Uh, probably a statue of the Ghostbusters. They saved the city. They did. Maybe a Don Corleone statue. Get a lot of them in New York, huh? Fam oh, yeah. New York's Taxi easy. Taxi driver. Uh-huh. Yeah, New York's easy. <laughs> Florida is a little bit more difficult, I think, because um, you would probably end up going with, like, an Ace Ventura statue. Or maybe a Tony Montana from Scarface. 
So, but um, yeah, I think they. I, I think uh, I would have gone with the RoboCop statue to serve and protect. Well, I wish you were married, Detroit. Maybe one day I'll run. Of course, I would have to move there first. True. Uh, let's see. Halle Berry. Still doing the statues? or No, no. Okay, I guess I'm going to I, I'll move on. What's up with Halle Berry, Fizz? What's she doing? Uh, in a big custody battle with her ex-boyfriend, Gabriel Aubrey. And one of the things that they're arguing about is if their daughter, uh, Nala, should be considered black or not. Halle Berry says, I use the uh, one-drop rule, so my daughter is black. And Gabriel Aubrey is saying, I don't want people calling her that. Apparently, he's also, according to uh, Halle Berry, used some racial slurs while, talk, uh, while talking about Halle Berry since their breakup. So, it's, uh, I, I, I think Halle Berry should have seen this one coming. Mm. If he doesn't want to call their daughter black and is using racial slurs, I don't know if that might have been the best person to hook up with. You might be right there. But I'm going to leave it between those two to work it out together. And if this guy traced his own family back far enough, he would be black too. With everyone's ancestors coming out of Africa. So true. And since he's trying to sue for custody, I don't know if bringing up race is the uh, best way to win a court battle. Well, when you do know, Fezzi, let's lock it down Yeah, I'll and go, get to the bottom of it. I'll go ahead and say, no, it's not the best way. Definitive. He's not going to win that case. Definitive, Hicks. Defining shit. Fuck that guy. Defining your ass. What's his name? Nolens? Yeah. Hey, Nolens. The, um, uh. I wish Halle Berry would marry Busta Matul. Was he black or white? Because I you know he's black. <laughs> of course he was black. We heard it from the racist fucking impression. <laughs> All right, good, because that's what I was picturing. And he was huge, with giant thick glasses. He was very much like a clump. Nothing wrong with that. Bus is larger than in charge. I haven't seen him back on the bus route yet. Hope you didn't get, hope you didn't get him fired with that complaint. Oh, I hope I did. This man's living. The man uh, is not paid to lock people inside a bus for ten minutes. He was hungry. Well, he gets chips and milk. In Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, there's a dispute over naming a new government building, uh, uh, the new government office center, after a former mayor who held four terms in the 30s and 50s. His name was Harry Balls. So they are trying to keep his name off of this building, even though he's right now the online favorite for uh, to who, to who, who to name the government center after. Really a bunch of infants, because, um, you know, if they can't say balls without laughing out loud. It's Harry Balls. <laughs> name the place Harry Balls. People will get used to it soon enough. 
They they would never never get tired of that shit. That joke will be because here's the <laughs> thing, Fuzzy. There's new eighth grade boys every year. Well, at least they would have a government center that uh, where people would remember the name. It would certainly stick out in the many government centers across this country of ours. That's true. Rep it. Harry Ball Central. And uh, name the you know name the park after Mike Hunt if they have to. Oh, God, you're working dirty now. I mean, it's one thing to be an XL channel, but now you've gone too far. Did you just think of that? No. That was homework. So, but it's, the place is going to be a boring, awful place to have to go while you're, while you're standing in line to get license plates. Might as well let people have some fun. They've got to go to the Harry Ball Center. Uh, Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Good day, Professor Ron Bennington. So let me hang on. So let me throw these letter straps away. They're hideous. Starving anyway. I'll uh, eat them. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't swing that way, Ron. I'm uh, I'm straight. Anyways, gotcha. I just wanted to get Fez's opinion. Fez, what do you think about a Dusty Road statue for Florida? That might be or the way to go. Or maybe a Terry Funk one for Texas. Why don't we try to think of every wrestler for every state? I guess France would get a gigantic Andre the Giant fucking statue. Yeah. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hold on, this is thin. Oh, Neil. Fucker goes and texts me during the show. What? what? What's he saying? Love the interview. That Neil deGrasse Tyson is a sweetheart. He is. He is. I just wish he didn't look so much like Simbad. Because I thought he was going to say, Ladies, let go shopping. Uh, office and cubicle spaces have been shrinking. That's Where are a- the people getting fatter? Well, the average cubicle workspaces have gone from 90 square feet 15 years ago, and they're down to 75 feet today. So people are getting tinier and tinier places to work in. Well, you know, the, the initial thing used to be, um, it was the biggest insult when you didn't get an office and you got a cubicle. Uh, and I still don't know why they think a cubicle is better then, like, on The Office where a bunch of people are just sitting around, like the old newsroom yeah. look, you know? Yeah. I think that's way friendlier and way better looking than these horrible little boxes that people have to sit in. Yeah, there's cubicles on the 19th floor, and I, it's like a maze down there, and it's, it's yeah. really weird. It's depressing. Yeah. It's Cubicles are depressing. But I think if it's a big open space, the, come on, Neil. You're a nice guy and all, but the show's going on here. Guess who's going out to dinner tonight? Oh, really? Can I come? Uh, let me think. Would I? One of the smartest people in the country, should I bring a lunatic who hasn't learned the Dracula cough yet? Let's see. Yes? No. I'm sorry, Hicks. Pick it up while I'm uh, texting. I don't want everybody just to hear me texting back and forth with Dr. Tyson. 
Yeah, the cubicle, it's, uh, it gives, uh, you're supposed to get those illusions that you have an office with the very fake temporary walls. I think it just makes you feel worse. Banging out office space style. Because you're basically only getting, uh, at the most, three of those fake walls. So a lot of times, just two. You should go in and remodel our offices, Fez, as a TV show. Let's get rid of these cubicles. And let's also get rid of your cuticles. Here's some throw pillows. Did you hear about the Harry Ball story? Have a little bit of a $10 wet, man. Eat up. In some of the offices here, they actually have a cubicle wall in between the two desks for uh, people to share the office. So they've, they, here they've created the office cubicle. Space is tight. Midtown. It is Midtown, dude. <laughs> uh, Nick, you're on Fez. Hey, uh, Ron and Fez. Uh, I, I work at a cubicle. It does suck, except I did get a blowjob. Hold job on. Hold on. Something from Neil. What is it now? Is it like changing the time? <laughs> oh, he's joking with you now? Oh, God, that's great. What, what was it? What did he say? You wouldn't get it. It's a science joke. Oh, you can fucking throw it at me. I mean, come on. I'm not retarded. <laughs> he just wrote back to me, Ron, you're wrong. About what? Oh, because I wrote pi or square, and he wrote back, pi or round, cornbread or square. And now we're laughing. Yeah. That's actually an old Andy Griffith's joke pre-Mayberry. That's from his stand-up. Holy shit. Hysterical. I give him three stars and a redonkulous. Well, he must be feeling pretty good about himself right now. All right, let's go back. We're going to judge Fez and how he's been doing so far. Fez, be ready to write down. First, uh, Pepper Hicks. What do you give him? It's going up A minus, Ronnie B. Whoa. Because I like the Harry Balls. Uh, what do you got? I gave him a C plus, <clears throat> Ron. I've dropped him to a B because I think the energy has went down. Oh. I thought the energy was better in the last one. I'm not saying it now. Fez, what do you give yourself? Oh, I'm going to stick with an F. Oh, you're just oh. saying that all the time now. Come, come on, Fez. Why, why are you down? No, I just don't think it's working. You had the Harry Ball story. Yes. You brought up the fact that somebody's gotten a divorce with someone else and they got a, a kid. Is it, is it still the stomach, Fez, or you just didn't like the stories? Uh, I think it's an allergy. Zetoitis. Oh, shit, son. Oh, Let man. me just add a plus sign to my B. Don't feel the need to uh, comment on my health. Oh, oh shit. Well, that one wasn't even a joke. That was just a statement. Um, by the way, this got sent to you. They call cubicles in the Harry Balls building pubicles. Probably be the way to go. This would be the most unique government center ever. Um, Ron, you're running fuzz. Hey, Ronnie B., is Fez invited on this thing? Since he doesn't ever talk to any of your guests or anything, is he kind of not going? Uh, Fez, did you, would you like to come along? Sure, I'd love to. Here's one, Where's the uh, 
uh, I'm going to give you the restaurant, and I want you to meet him out front, bring him into my table, and set him up, and then I'll see you right after. All right, that's not staying for dinner. What is that? What was the joke? It was that I bring the guests in to you. Yeah. Hope I don't tell you to bring him in before the reservation. Oh, fuck, son. Oh, God. You wouldn't even get a doggy bag. What's wrong with you guys? You don't like each other? Don't care for him. Uh, James, you're on running Fez. But thank you for trying to bring up yourself again. Hey, Fez, how's your tummy? Hey, listen, I gotta stick up for the golden orphan here. I mean, Hicks Not as really big as your fucking ears. All right, hold on. It's, it's, it's James' time. Timing's um, everything. Yeah, Go I gotta ahead. Yeah, stick up for Hicks. I mean, he's been contributing a lot to the show. I think he deserves to hang out with uh, Dr. Tyson and Dr. Strange. So I think he should break out the hot plate and have a little dinner party. Here's what I want to do. I can't have you with Dr. Tyson. But if this ever happens with Dr. Dre, you're in. Okay. Back to our regular scheduled programming. Fez Watley on the stick. And I am all out of stuff. Come on. You got another hour ten. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, um, do you, uh, this is a thing I was thinking about. Hypocritical habits. Hypocritical habits. Yeah, where you hate something that somebody does, and yet you do it yourself. That's fucking everything. Uh, uh, there's nothing I don't hate that I already don't do myself. That's that's a fucking gimme for me. I know with me, it's like a biting nails in public. I get grossed out when other people do it, but when it's my own nails, well, then I'll keep and collect. I always get really annoyed when, like, somebody's walking on the wrong side of the sidewalk. I'll be like, what the hell? But then, like, I'll constantly do it if I have to get somewhere. Oh! <laughs> Did you expect him to jump into your bed that quick, Fez? No, I didn't. Uh, Lonnie, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Ronnie, I, I loved when y'all did y'all's, uh, when they hypnotized Fez last time, and I really think it would be another great show to get Fez uh, hypnotized again and really get down deep and uh, dark into his uh, secrets. Everything about that, Fez? Oh, yeah, I'd love to do another hypnosis show. Yeah, I think that would be good. I tend to respond to it. That is true. And I go under very quickly. You like it under, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a relaxing feeling. I've tried to self-hypnotize, but I, I'm never able to pull that off. I'll get you a pocket watch. Then I would drop it as I was swinging. If I went under, I'd end up dropping it and wake myself up again. Um, I got an email. An from- evite? An e-card? Um, oh, shit. What happened? I, th- I thought I had it right here. But can you just tell us about it? 
Well, it was about <laughs> oh, and I was talking about the Tibet Super Bowl commercial mm-hmm. uh, uh, the other day where it was. Um, I thought it was in really bad taste. And then, of course, a lot of people were telling me that um, I shouldn't bring up uh, Tibet because I've never talked about it before. And I got an email that I think uh, is very apropos about it. Okay. From Chris. It says, someone doesn't have to have a specific interest in Tibet to find it offensive to use people in pain as a joke to sell a crappy product. The same mouth breathers calling in to laugh about this commercial with I don't f- uh, care about fucking Tibet tough guy idiocy would be the first ones to be pissed off if there was a commercial using the comedy of white guys being thrown out of work in the Midwest and their homes foreclosed on. Quick uh, cut to them using food stamps to buy some frozen TV dinners. Or how about a funny commercial about a black guy being falsely accused of crime and thrown in jail for 20 years only to find out he's innocent. Then maybe cut to a video of how much he likes KFC. And it says, being offended of making light of... Oh, there's more? Yeah, just one more quick thing. Uh, uh, um, Being offended of making light of people that are being tortured as we speak to sell uh, sell shitty coupons doesn't mean that you have to be a crusader for uh, the people in Tibet. Bad taste is bad taste. So I think think that's perfectly uh, said what I was trying to say. (laughs) So the listeners are saying it. Uh, well, where were you for the special needs kids today? Why, is, why wasn't that in bad taste? Oh, I think- At what point do the, well, does the taste thing come in? It's a fucking Excel channel. And we even brought up the fact that this company is raising money for Tibet. And the fucking bad taste is supposed to be the American citizen. We're the ones who worry more about consumerism then we do what's happening in the world. Uh, but again, I guess there's different ways. I mean, first of all, you're allowed to be pissed off when you watch TV. Go get pissed off. But why should everybody else not be able to see it? That's the biggest fucking problem I have with this kind of stuff. Not so much that you're offended, but you're acting like because you're offended, the rest of us can't view it, which would be probably true of just about any kind of art. Uh, I find most reality shows offensive because I don't think they're real. But I don't go run around trying to take them off TV. Hey, Hicks, did you see when uh, Prince told uh, Kim Kardashian to get off the stage? That was awesome. Was He's the great. fucking best. He is the shit. He is. Because she went dance with him or whatever. I think that was... Uh... He bought her big ass up there and he started wanting to shake that fucking thing. And she's like, uh, she just stood there giggling. Ugh. And he said, get off the stage. It's fucking awful. Good for Prince. She has a sex tape out. The fuck? That doesn't mean that she's going to dance like a hooker for everybody. Yes, it does. For those um, Prince. But when Prince tells you to get on stage and start dancing, you should fucking start dancing. Yeah, come on. John, what you're around Fez. Hey, I was just saying that uh, I totally agree with Fez, 100%. Okay. I think it's like totally, you know, like I was just listening and I'm like, shit. You know, whatever you're saying, it's totally true. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I was thinking this the other day. It's a very strange thing. But out of the one dancing that I like to see people do, I like to watch a tap dancer. But, and here may be 
a slightly homoerotic thing. I don't like to see women tap dance. I think they look stupid. A guy tap dancing looks badass. A woman tap dancing looks idiotic. So then I thought to myself, oh, you know, why? Why is this? Am I fucking changing lanes? And I'm like, no, I don't want to see women play baseball. I don't want to, I don't go around watching the WNBA. Oh, no, I do sometimes. But I think men are better tap dancers than women are. I feel like women will dress like men also or be dressed like men when they're doing tap dancing. I will tell you this. I think it's fucking hot to see a woman in a suit. Oh, definitely. Two things in life I like. Monkeys in suits, women in suits. Um, But it's weird. You ever see a woman tap dance? You're like, stop with the stupid Shirley Temple stuff. (laughs) But give me a Ben Vereen, Sammy Davis, uh, Bojangles Robinson, and I want to think of one white guy. I'm just going to try to bring up uh, who's the boss, Tony. I can't think of another white guy who does it. What about Jessica White? Is that tap dancing? Um, I think Ken Barry was a tap dancer. Who? Ken Barry from Mama's Family. All right, Ken Barry. Uh, 866, run zero Fez. 866, run zero Fez. Um, Todd, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie, what about Christina Ricci in Buffalo 66? Now, it was crazy about that, but that was only because of what she was wearing. The baby doll fuck me uh, dress. Um, nice. All right. Fred Astaire, love to watch him dance, tap dance. Uh, Gene Kelly, Danny Kaye. Coming up with some white guys, finally. I'm feeling better about myself. Um Woo. Here's uh, Archie. Archie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, what's up, boys? How you doing today? Yeah. Just, uh, I used to have, real quick, I used to have a really good-looking uh, Puerto Rican girlfriend. Gorgeous. Amazing dance. Quite bright. She did, uh, she did all this, like, amazing dances, like, all these different types. I used to go to recitals, and uh, she was a really good tap dancer, too. But for some reason, whenever she started tap dancing, just, she just looked fucking retarded. All the other fucking types of dances, she looked gorgeous, you know? Turn me on. Fucking tap dancing, you're just like, eh, whatever. All right, let's go over here. JT in Indiana, you're on Run Fez. Hey, Run B. Yeah. Hey, Legenda Rogers. She was smoking. Yeah, hot. you fucking got me there. All right, yeah. but I will say this. Maybe that she is the exception that proves the rule. Now, yeah, no. here, here's the amazing thing about Ginger Rogers. And, um,. Turner Classic mu- uh, Movies will run a lot of uh, Astaire and Rogers, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. He's dancing his ass off. He's like the best dancer in the world. She's dancing with him, with the best dancer in the world, and then she also has to dance fucking backwards while he's doing it. So she must have really been the shit. And I'm sure she brought it up to him, you know, hey, fucking try my position. Uh, 866 run zero fez 866 run zero fez uh, Andrew, you're on a fez. Hey, Ronnie B. I think this whole tap dancing thing has to do with the shoes because the girls are wearing flats, and we're used to seeing them in high heels, you know, looking all, like, hoary and everything. All right, so when they drop down to those taps, it kind of... Th- all right, that's an interesting thing. But I don't know. He's put up some Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, and she's amazing. She's fucking unbelievable. Uh, Mike, you're on a fez. 
Lost you. Here's uh, Rich. You're on Fez. Yeah, uh, what about George Burns, Gene Kelly? Uh, I know you mentioned the stare, but you know, God, there's tons of white cappers out there. Yeah, right? I know. I had to come up with it. I had to come up with it. Um, Tony, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, there's nothing more annoying than when women uh, are reading, working, uh, doing the things that God gave men the right to do. It's, I, I find it very annoying. I, I, I hate uh, Tony, are you home or driving right now? I'm at home. Uh, do me a favor. Gas oven, stick your head in it, and uh, call me back in an hour. Um, Fez, I took the stick, and I shouldn't have. I am 100% sorry. Uh, I didn't have anything else to go to. But you were rocking it today. Rocking it. I rocked it all out is what happened. Well, what are we going to do at the end of the show? You don't want to talk about, about tap dancing. No, um, well, a dance that I, uh, I would watch it but never participate in is one of those two-step things. It always happens at a wedding, and I'm always amazed that people just in a group instantly know. How, I'm just so uncoordinated. It's the same two steps. That's why they can all do it together. Yeah. You learn the one step, and you learn before the wedding. And then no matter what the song is, you fall right back into it. Um. Maybe that might be good. Oh, no, you worry about your heart stuff, about dancing. Because I think maybe dance classes will be good for Fez. The Advice Show. The Advice Show. Uh, we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back in a moment. But uh, Mark Zietz, Zito, you tell me you're a little mad about Zach Galifianakis right now. We'll talk about that when we get back. But finally, he's not fighting with Fez Watley. He's fighting with Zach Galifianakis. Interesting. Uh, right back, Ron and Fez Show. You're listening to the Ron and Fez Show on the virus. Here is 197, XM202. It's a lot easier if you just lay back. He's resisting me. Pills are good. Pills are good. It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Fez, you went off the stick? Uh, yeah, I, I probably should. Uh, now, Mark Zito, you said that you've got a beef right now uh, with Zach Galifianakis, and this is because of Zach's show, Between the Ferns, which is one of the funniest things on the Internet. Yeah, uh... 
Hicks, how many times have we sat around together and enjoined, enjoyed the Between the Ferns? Countless. Brilliant work. Well, well, I don't think countless. I think probably <laughs> 20 or 30. Uh, Top. I guess can't count that high. Yeah. But it's not countless. But I will admit this. When other people come into the room, we'll play it for them. <laughs> and then watch them laugh. And then take credit like we did something. Like, what did I tell you? Isn't that funny shit, Liam? Huh? Go get leads and we'll show it to him now. Grab Roland and E-Rock. Everybody should look at this. I found it on the internet. Yeah, that's something I found. Don't you love it? Check in with me later. I always find a lot of good shit. I'll play it for you. So I'm uh, I'm amazed. I'm alarmed that you don't like this uh, bit. Yeah. I watched it and I found it to be... Oh, wait. I know why you don't like it. You're a big Jennifer Aniston fan. I think that he was just having fun with her. I think she knew exactly what was no, going on. No, she was kind of caught in the middle of uh, everything. On the outside, between Zach and Tila Tequila. She was she was in between the ferns and them. Uh, Higgs, remember how happy you and Dave were when Tila Tequila was in here? Oh, yeah, she was great. I didn't even know anything about it. I'm like, who is he? No, it's <laughs> a girl, and she's fantastic. she got a porn tape out now, too. She does? Yeah. Yeah. Her and a lady pal. A couple uh, lady pals. Well... Lest we judge, we be judged, I like to say. All right, so what is your big beef? All right, well, you know, I normally like Between Two Ferns. I was watching this episode. Everything was going fine. I was laughing a little bit. And then, a little crack at my home state. Let's take take a listen. I have a, a clip of it. Okay. If you were forced to choose one state in the U.S. to be struck with a nuclear weapon, one state, or else the entire country would be destroyed, which state would you choose to annihilate? I'm not going to do that. Oh, so the whole country is going to be destroyed by a nuclear weapon. I don't think, well, that's not going to happen. I don't think. Rhode Island. Okay. Uh, They went for the obvious answer, Rhode Island. Yes. Apparently, um, and you know, it pisses me off because like Rhode Island doesn't have enough trouble already. Now we have Hollywood against us saying that if they could eliminate one state, well, they'd for, eliminate for, Rhode First Island. of all, Zach Galifianakis is not Hollywood. I think he's Hollywood, Rod. He's, he's in- not. He did one Hollywood movie, did it well, and he's a big star from that. But he's alternative comedy. He's on the outside. Now, let's go back to the logic behind this. Did they pick Rhode Island because they're the worst people or the rudest people or the meanest people? I no. think there must have been some reason. They picked it because it's the smallest state, and there's going to be less deaths. No, there, there are definitely states with less population, I think. I, I, I would assume. Like, like those, uh, there's definitely states in like the Midwest that as many people don't live in. I had no idea of this. I would have assumed it's such a no, time. No. I mean, it's only 300 yards in any direction. Am I wrong about that? That's, that's not completely correct, but uh, it's, it's probably close to that. All right, there's got to be ranking the states by population. And um, I'm looking right now, and the least populated state seems to be uh, Vermont. In fact, Rhode Island is is like 43. There's seven states. I had no idea that, and I'm sure neither did they. Well, maybe they should check their facts before they go annihilating some people. But here's another. Well, it's Tila Tequila and Zach Galifianakis. But on the other hand, you got to put in other stuff. Pets and animal life. Uh, you don't want to destroy that. I would have thought the obvious answer is if you had to kill one state or all the states die, I would have w- went right up the bat and said Rhode Island. Does that make me a bad person? I just haven't thought about it a lot. Well, it's a big decision if you're going to I kill would have, off a state. I would have thought more people lived in Vermont. 
it's so easy. They could have just you you and these people make the decision could have just typed it into Wikipedia. Literally, it took me two seconds. I, I see, you don't have that kind of thing. There's <laughs> there's something. There's like a meteor coming. Hicks, are you surprised by this news? I had no fucking clue. That guy. How did people like Crown on that shitty island? Well, when it's not I, even an island. This is the problem with Rhode Island. Here, well, then you, it's your own problem. You named it. Well, that, you in Greenland and Iceland fucked up names. But here's another fucking thing. When I lived in Florida. I don't know the guy's name. He was some news guy at a radio station. He was from Rhode Island. And he constantly made the statement, Volusia County is the same size as Rhode Island. He would make it on a fucking daily basis. Till finally I had to say to him, dude, don't talk to the FM people. You're fucking AM. There's a hierarchy in radio. Go talk to the other fucking weird guy who's doing an out-about show on fucking Sunday afternoons. No one knows a lot about Rhode Island. I blame yourselves. I don't think so. I think it's people. Uh, well, you know what? Maybe you're right, actually, because I think Rhode Island has a lot of reasons that it's hard to be from Rhode Island. And now these right. people are just piling Here's on. Here's what we're gonna do, Fez. Okay. I'm gonna pull you back in, but you're not gonna have to take the stick. Uh, Hicks, I yeah. want you to just think of Rhode Island. First thing that comes to mind. Just don't think about it. Write down first thing that comes to mind, and we'll go through with this. Hicks, are you ready? And Fez, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. All right, I'm going to go first. I put Newport Jazz Festival. Am I correct? That is That does take place in Rhode Island. It's a uh, great event. Then that's the first thing that pops in my mind. Hicks, what about for you? Tiny, shitty state. Okay, that's surprising to me. And Fez? I wrote cold. Wow. <laughs> I really thought that you guys would have flipped it in terms of jokes. Where you would have taken the shot at him, and he would have given... That's why I did that as the secondary answer, or I definitely... I learned a lesson. So anyway, to get back it off of cold this... cold sometimes. To get back onto this, um, I fucked up. Hicks should have been the final answer in terms of creating jokes. Yeah, fuck you, Pepper. Why did um, you say that about my state? Go to hell. Oh. Uh, let's go over here to... Uh, Snowy. Snowy, you're on the face. Yeah. Hey, guys, how's it going? Once I hit the stick up for a Zito there, you can't get rid of Rhode Island. We'll lose the Griffin family. Thank you very much. Uh, that'll be worth it for me to get rid of it. Uh, Brian, Ron Fez. Hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. Um, well, you can't eliminate Vermont because then you won't have maple syrup or Ben and Jerry's anymore. Uh, Rhode Island contributes nothing. Uh, by way of natural resources or cultural or artistic or it really has well i just brought up one newport jazz festival which is uh all a very old well respected and the farley brothers that's what i was going to say the farley brothers what is, what's their new movie uh a uh, hall pass oh yeah hall pass i saw the previews for that since guys they're married but then they get a week to not be married. And I don't feel, I don't want to get back into a Fez thing because I know you're a little thrown off here. But this weekend is going to be an interesting one uh, because Jennifer Aniston and uh, Adam Sandler together. And Fez is predicting a flop because he th believes that she's, her box office poison is going to destroy it. Good. Uh, here is um, Corey. You're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, uh, Mark Zito is actually wrong. The lowest population in the country is Wyoming, with just over half a million. Uh, did you go over and check that? Okay, yes. I did. Yes. No, I'm talking to Zito. All right, so he was wrong again. We would have killed the, the fucking people of Vermont when we could have easily killed the people of Wyoming. I'm sorry, I was, I was looking at 
I don't even know. I was looking at the territory ranking, and there were some extras in there that threw off the number. Well, the territory are, ranking, you should be smallest. I know. Uh, no, no. Rhode Island is a small state. Yeah, no, but I, I'm not like territory, like land. Like they were also including Puerto Rico in this list, and those territories, Washington D.C. Oh, okay. But in terms of states, you have the you're the smallest state, right? Land wise, yeah. Now, when you were a kid, did that just crush you when you first found that out? Well, I think it was one of those things that my parents tried to spin as a positive, like kind of like how when my my last name Zito, and they'd be like, "Oh, well, you'll know where to find yourself on the list. It's last." And I was like, "That is a great point." So you know, they're like, "You're small, but that makes you special." So I always felt special about Rhode Island. Oh God, uh, yeah. Zach in Newport, you're on Run of Fez. Hey guys, how are you? This is Zach. Great. Um, I work for a uh, brewery in Newport called Newport Farm Brewery. So I'm just kind of uh, kind of talking about how uh, we contribute to Rhode Island. I mean. There's some, uh, there's some good stuff right there, some beer. All right, so there's beer, and also we brought this up, coffee, milk, mm-hmm. plenty in Rhode Island. But you have to see from a joke point of view, that's why they both went with it. Now, the joke was this. Uh, little Jennifer Aniston is so nice, she doesn't want to destroy any states. Well, right, not even Rhode you go. Island. You got 10 seconds. Everybody will die unless you destroy everybody in one state. What state do you pick? Wyoming. Because I've done my research, Ron, and I know that it has the least amount of people who would die. But Also, I don't live there. The most amount of babies. So you're basically oh. a baby killer. Um, oh, well, see, you, you, you continued the question after I... Eric, you're on Renefez. Hey, hey, buddies. Uh, my favorite part about Rhode Island is the age of consent is only 16. Mark Sanchez actually uh, texted me that earlier <laughs> and said that his feeling like his... New chick is uh, a little too old for him. Um, Pete, Rhode Island, you're on the fence. Pete. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, um, Pepper, we have uh, medical marijuana here, and you guys don't. Well, who wants medical marijuana? I just want fucking marijuana. I don't want to have to skin my knee to get some. I have no problem getting weed at all. That is a very good point. I smoke it out in the street. This whole, yeah. Whatever I want. Do you really need to fucking get into 7-Eleven? <laughs> a very funny thing about New York City is you will see people smoking joints walking down the street. All the time. Constantly. Yeah. My neighborhood just not. People just always just smoke joints. Well, you guys are fucking street. stoop smokers. Oh, hell yeah. I don't know what it is about the boroughs, but sitting on the stoop. And then it's one thing to smoke a joint outside because you're like, whatever, I'm minding my own business. But when I see a guy with a bong outside, I'm like, you know something to do? You're not fucking respecting your neighbors at all. There's children. Hi. This is a residential district. (laughs) 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Steve, you're on the Running Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. I think this whole Rhode Island thing is very telling. This is this is where Vito gets his whole little Napoleonic complex from. He that's does he have on one. So oh, absolutely. That's why he comes on so strong, man. And that's why that's why our man Fez has to stand up to him. Well, he's going to. I mean, he had to stick for a little while today. Uh, but let's face it, the Zito's coming in. And he's hungry for Mike. Uh, Charlie, you're on Fez. I would nuke Hawaii. It's out out in the middle of nowhere, out of sight, out of mind. And it's plus never out of mind. If you <clears throat> grew up in the United States of America, at least three times a day, you think to yourself, "Oh, I like Hawaii." That's Hawaii. Nah, I'd go to the Bahamas or Mexico. Mm, you know what? Then come back with the clap. That's up to you. When I was a kid, I thought there was never a fucking dance in the world like that fucking hula dance.
And I remember if we would go to the uh, store, uh, I would always go over. Fez, what do they call those things you used to have to look in? They would have like map. Uh, Viewmaster. Yeah, like a Viewmaster. When my mom was shopping, I would just look at Hawaiian pictures and Hawaiian girls in the fucking Viewmaster. And go like this. There's got to be something other than Marcus Hook, Pennsylvania. There's got to be something. Now, the last uh, state that you would ever destroy is Pennsylvania because that's the Keystone State, the state that holds all the other states together. And then they call themselves that because they realize if that state falls, the wall that we call the United States will come crumbling down. Um, let's go over to Rob. You're on Hey, guys. Hey, uh, Zito, uh, go fuck your Rhode Island. Being from Cleveland, I think we've been the butt of a lot more jokes than your piss-ass little Rhode Island. That is true, that if you're going to hear a joke, it's normally not a Rhode Island joke. Yes, in the Arthur, Arthur movie, where he said uh, a country could get the shit beat out of it at Rhode Island. Everyone laughed along to that, um, because they acted like you're basically a dwarf state. Mm. But, like your name, your state comes last. Your name and your state is in last place. And that's great, because you always know where you are, Marky, at the end of the line. Know where to find myself on a list, Ron. You always know that you get to go last, no matter what happens. Um, Steve, you're on Run of Fez. Hey, I gotta go with Delaware. What the hell's in Delaware? The Rusty Rudder. The fuck you talking about? Rock him. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go over here to Gary. You're on Run of Fez. What's up, boys? Yeah. Hey, the, the greatest thing about Rhode Island is that uh, you can have sex behind closed doors for money, and it is legal in the state of Rhode Island. Now, we talked about this on the air one time before uh, Zito was with us. It no longer is legal, right? It was legal, now it's illegal. I feel like they were trying to make it illegal, because uh, the country, a lot of people started talking about it, and I think that drew attention to it, and then they were like, we can't have this. Well, a lot of people used to drive down from Boston. Mm-hmm. And get and, and would these be prostitution houses or where do you meet know. the girls? I mean, I never, I never really went to one. So well, ask your parents where they met. I don't, I don't think it was there. Ron. Oh, okay. See what I did there? A little joke. Uh, John, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, hi. Can we kill Utah, please? No, that's where the father priest lives. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. I'm looking. Uh. I'm going to need a black light to yeah, read this. Uh, let's go over to Brian. Brian, you're in front of Fez. Yeah, hi, guys. I'm yeah. going to defend Rhode Island here. They gave us the biggest cultural thing for our, uh, our society. DJ Paulie D from the Jersey Shore. Signing out. Oh, that is true. And he's your favorite, isn't he, Hicks? Oh, he's great. Love fucking so Paulie. So if you wouldn't destroy... Uh, Rhode Island first. What state would you destroy? I definitely. I've been thinking about this. I'd probably go with Florida. Oh, my state. Why oh, would you my destroy home state? Uh, You're Florida? From Florida? Uh, yeah, you know I am. I didn't. I Why didn't would know you that. destroy Disney World instead of it's a small world, Rhode Island? Well, mm. because I just I look at Florida and I'm just like, what good is coming out of Florida? The Buccaneers. They can't make the playoffs. You got you got Disney World. It's I, all packed. Let's oh. try the same game here. Uh, we'll come up with. Right, the first thing that you think when you think of Florida. First thing that you think when you think of Florida. Um, 
Well, we'll go over to you first, Hex. What do you got? Oxycontin. Oxycontin. I have boundless sunshine. Uh, Zito? I wrote total shit. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Oh, God. And in joke form. Uh, we eight- weren't doing Rhode Island again, just so you know. Oh. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Which- eight, six- I'm sorry. Which couldn't be total shit. It would just be a nugget. Oh, because it's small. And shitty. I get it. Going back and doing the old nugget jokes from the old WWE days. Well, then it was WWF. Um, Sam, Rhode Island, you're on Fez. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. What do you got? Uh, I go to sc- I'm actually from New Jersey. I go to school in Rhode Island, and one of the very few good things about Rhode Island are the rub and tugs. The, uh, the Asian massage parlors. Now, Those it's all- only the Asians that'll do it? No white people? I've never seen white people, but I actually prefer the Asians. There's, there's at least 20 of them in Providence, and if you give them about $100 extra, oh, it's, it's a $60 massage with about a 40 or $50 tip, they'll actually, uh, they'll actually fuck you. Well, because here's the point. Um, how much to get you not to waste my time rubbing my fucking shoulders with your weak hands? All right? I'm not here for a fucking the world's gentlest sports massage. So let's not make me wait all through that before we get into real business. Um, here is, uh, George. George, you're in Ron, the answer is simple, buddy. Kill Washington State. We already have Washington, D.C. Why do you need two of them? Whew, that's a shocker to me. Starbucks, grunge music, you can't get that. You, you, you can't get that anywhere else. Well, you can't get Starbucks somewhere else now, but it was the birthplace of all those things. You can't destroy Washington. What would you destroy? I'm still thinking, I'm still sticking with Florida because it's kind of far down. It's, it's in that Bahamas region. Uh, not the Bahamas. It's in the, um... But it is in the Bahamas region. But it's in the Caribbean region, stuff mm-hmm. like that, close to that. We don't really need it. No, no, it's like, not like it's a vacation destination for anyone. Yeah, but there's so many vacation destinations. Where, What's its claim to fame? Like Rhode a, Island? Where's America's summer playground? Maine? Where's the ocean state? Uh, could be Rhode Island, because they, see, people, because people would rather look at the water than actually the state. What happens between you guys? I thought you were two buddies. I don't know. I was just trying to make a, a planned out, thought out thing where I said this is the state based on my criteria that should be eliminated most. And uh, Fez got all offended by it. I don't know why. Why did you get upset, Fez? Because he doesn't think Florida should be destroyed. He's just trying to get at me. I hear somebody that might help out. It's Zito Hater. You're on the run of Fez show. Oh. What's up, badass? Didn't uh, that band a few years ago, Great White, try to burn down Rhode Island? Oh, was that in Rhode Island when that happened? Yeah, it was in Warwick, Rhode Island at the Station Nightclub. Wow. Yeah, that, 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 was, uh, that wasn't good. But, I mean, think about all the terrible stuff that happens in Florida like that. I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff. I don't remember that many people being burned alive at a concert in Florida. Well, no, we're not going to blame those people for <laughs> Great White's fucking tech guy thinking that you could have... Uh, some kind of fireworks it, in a bar. It really was the, the club also. They didn't yeah. have the soundproofing. They had just foam. Yeah, Here's what not freak- a lot of regulations in Rhode Island. Here's what freaked me out about that fucking story. I've been in clubs like that my whole life. I've been impacted in so many fucking um, rock clubs over the years that I never, never would have been able to get out of life. Um, let's go over first to... Andy, Andy in Boston, you're in Rana Fez. Hey, what's up? Yeah. I got a few things. First, I uh, live in Boston, but I work in Rhode Island. I got to tell you, Cranston and Johnston, Rhode Island, 
have some of the hottest fucking Italian chicks bred around here. Uh, beautiful, beautiful Italian girls. Uh, secondly, the station uh, station club uh, that that big fire a few, uh, some years back. I was actually supposed to go to that. I had tickets, and uh, my uh, my fucking broad and I got in a fight, and I didn't go that night. So she I, saved my life. I am shocked that anyone bought a uh, advance tickets to a great white show. It's just stunning to me. Uh, here's John. John and Georgia, you're on running Fez. Hey, Fezzy, isn't Florida on fire four or five months out of the year anyway? Uh, they do get some wildfires, but that's because there's actual uh, land to burn. Here's uh, Richard in Tampa. You're on running Fez. Ronnie B., Maha Bone, my brothers. Maha. I would have to say 95 YNF is what I think of when I think of Florida. 95 YNF. Fez Florida's home. Of rock and roll. From the Bay to the Beaches. Run around every morning. Russ albums. Charlie Logan. And in his party time with Scotty Phillips. Overnights, Don Capone. 95 wine up. Hey, this is really weird. Um, Rob Cross just came running down this hall and he goes, Hey, what's that song? We should be fucking playing that on XMU. He's never heard this before? He's from Arizona. Here's uh, John. John in Alabama. You're on Run of Fez. Uh, hold on. I Fuck you. I got to go to Vinny first. Vinny, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, Ronnie B? Yeah. How about back in the day at the Rocket Club, and then after a good dinner? Yeah. What was across the street from the Rocket Club? 2001. That's right, 2001. Have, up, up in the spaceship. I know these fucking guys <laughs> talking about shit like yeah. I've been up in the. I was actually in that fucking spaceship. Who? <laughs> Maybe 24 straight hours. It was very fucking weird. I am telling you, Hicks, in your life, you've never seen titty bars the way it used to be in Florida. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was unbelievable. It was a crazy times. I missed it. Yes, you missed everything that's good. Ugh. Damn. I'm going to go see Foreign Legion at the London Victory Club in Tampa. <laughs> and them Stranger Boys. They'll be at the 49th Street Mining Company. Me too.
And then uh, Charlie be looking at them a local ex. See if do we still have uh, some stranger? Um, there, yeah, there may be some in there. Yeah, I got. I guess I got some strange. What do you got? What I do you got, got by stranger? Okay, I got Thunder Bay. Well, oh, I like Thunder Bay. What else? She's a dancer. Send on and Oak. Okeechobee whiskey. Okeechobee whiskey. All right, we're fucking getting put on Okeechobee whiskey. What am stranger boys? We actually did a show with these guys during spring break. I think there was ninety-eight arrests. And they named a law after us for fucking public nudity. What the fuck? In Daytona Beach, yeah. We- Thing. You know who came out and played was Ace Frehley with us still. Holy shit. Had to reteach him at that time. He was kind of fucking in, you know, in between places. Yeah. But retreat him uh, some fucking Kiss songs. He had to learn it before he came out. Holy shit. And then killed the place. Great band. Dave, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, where's my Dykes on Bikes t-shirt? What's that? Where's my Dykes on Bikes t-shirt? Dykes on Bikes, yeah. That was gigantic. Yeah. 98 Rock sucks, man. <laughs> 98 Rock. <laughs> so funny.
Hi, Fezzy. I want to play trivia with you. Can you name the band? Uh, Can you name the guys in Stranger? Greg Billings. That's right, singing. Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Great guitarist. Caesar. Well, I think... Caesar was the road guy. Oh, okay. I thought he was uh, the bass guitarist. I think that's all I got. It was Tom Cardenas? Cardenas? Cardenas, yeah. And John Price. That's right. Great fucking band. Y'all done your live reads, Fezzy? All done, yeah. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Chris. Chris, you're on the Run Fest show. Yeah, what's going on, Ron? Uh, going on, Ron? What can we do for you? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say uh, about Florida, the uh, vacation spots have the most uh, homeless people uh, there. And uh, also, uh, uh, Pompano Beach, Florida, there's a strip club there called uh, Diamond Dolls. It's way better than Odyssey. <laughs> There's a diamond, yeah. There's diamond dolls all over uh, Florida. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Uh, but I will say this, Hicks: the worst uh, topless bar I've ever been to in Florida is better than the best one I've ever been to in New York. Jesus Christ! And runaways, just runaways all over the place. Just flocking to... Yes. <laughs> Thinking they're going to come down in the sun and fun. Things go south, and next thing you know, they're dancing. Um, let's go over here to Mark. Mark, you're on the Run of Face show. Hey, I got a spy report for you, Ron. Spy report? Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Yeah, I work for the uh, big news radio station out here in Salt Lake City, and uh, we got word that... The love affair for the longest-running coach in the NBA is coming to an end. Jerry Sloan of the Jazz is expected to resign today, along with the assistant coach as well. So who are they bringing in, do you know? Um, I have no idea. They started out the season really good at 15-5, and five, and I'm not sure if you're familiar, but uh, he took them to the playoffs 16 consecutive seasons mm. in a row. And they just, I guess, uh, he had just signed a one-year extension a couple days ago. And they, we heard today that he's uh, going to be resigning later today. All right, man. Thanks a lot for the call. Uh, here's uh, Dave. Dave, you're on Run of Fez. Dave. Dave, once, twice. I think we lost you, brother. Let's go over to Andy. Andy, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Hey, Ron and Fez. I was just curious. Whatever happened to Flipper, your old buddy from the uh, Peach Party days in Daytona and so on? Uh, Flipper is still living in Florida, uh, married with kids, and 
Very, very big in the Internet business, Fez. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cake Tech International is mm. his company. When are you going to buy into that for a while? Uh, bought in, bought out, bought back in, bought back out again. You bought in, bought out. You had to buy yourself out? Uh, got taken out. Who took you out? The, the board of directors, I guess. But did you do something awful? No, I don't think so. I just didn't understand any of it. So you bought in? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I bought- you were an owner? Yeah. So I had stock, mm-hmm. and then uh, got rid of the stock, and I think that happened. Uh, that cycle happened one more time. Hmm. So then you actually bought back in? Right, yeah. Then I was offered to go back in, then go back out, got offered to go back out again. And, yeah, now I'm completely out. Hicks, do you understand this at all? Uh, That sounds crazy. Yeah. Uh, Let's move over here to, um, let's go to uh, Jad. Jad, you're on Manifest. Yeah, Ron, um, I'm taking my six-year-old daughter down to Disney World here in a few, uh, in a couple of months. And we thought about going over to Cocoa Beach, Florida. Do you know anything about that? Y'all were talking about the homeless and the, no, no, and no. the vacation spots. Is uh, Cocoa Beach, is that a good family? It, it really is a nice family thing. And then you're not too uh, f- uh, far from Cape Canaveral and take them over there for the day. It's amazing. But, so it's a really nice beach, huh? Yeah, it's a very nice beach. And it is, uh, I would say, 100% uh, family, at least the last time I was there. Okay, thank you, sir. You guys are great. All right, take care. Don't get scared of homeless people down there. Florida's got a lot of beach. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, let's go over here to Ben. Ben, you're on fez Hey, Ronnie. I was yeah. just going to uh, see if tomorrow was still a drinking show for Fezzy. No, Fezzy is sticking with his no drinking. Ooh, good. Uh, Joe, Joe, you're on running Fez. Hey, uh, Ron, all my winter vacations as a kid were spent in Indian Rocks Beach with all the old people, thinking that Krabby Bill's was a good restaurant. <laughs> I remember Krabby Bill's. And when Bobby the Brain Heenan bought into them. And then he bought out, and then bought back in, and then bought back out again. Um, let's go over here to, uh... Travis, Travis, your manifest. Hey, Ron, I was just wondering if you uh, remember the uh, your old friend, the lady that called up, uh, Debbie Kundick. I think that's where we started that Fez laughing and not being able to catch his breath. Yeah, up. and uh, when she called in yeah. and said that her name was Debbie Kundick, I could not <laughs> quit laughing. Yeah. And I think she ended up very upset and hung up in tears. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember y'all were just, I mean, you it was like just uh, about five minutes of laughter. It was like, it was crazy. I bet, didn't something happen with, like, uh, she made y'all stop saying it or something like that? I forget what the whole circumstances are, but I think it started a bit that we started doing for years where Fez would do the, she doesn't even know what she's saying, gimmick. Yeah. We always loved that. Um, this making you feel a little homesick, Fezzy? Yeah, a little bit. It's a, a, I hadn't thought of the name Debbie Kundick in years. I didn't mean the Kundick part. I'm mean, just uh, <laughs> hearing about your old town. Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Speaking of Kundicks, and then you put me on. Man, that's yeah. rough. Hey, I just want to say I think I did a shot though, with you one night over at ML Chasers. I think there was a quiet riot show or something like that. We got crazy. <laughs> 
You know what? Here's the fucking funny thing. Everybody thinks they did fucking shots with me there. I don't understand it. And where did you go after the show? Then we went to the Mons Venus and shut her down. Uh, there, then there used to be a, after that, there was a place called, a bottle club called Log Cabin. And I'm not saying who, but I saw someone. No, you know what? I'm not even saying I saw it. I'm going to say allegedly there was a thing with a, with a person who traded for eight balls a shotgun in the middle of the fucking bar. What? Just went down and just... Walked into the place with it. What the fuck? Walked into the joint. That's fucking totally crazy. It wasn't down there. It wasn't fucking crazy. Really? No, nothing. No one ever... I never what? heard of this. It sounds I like Mad Max down there. I, yeah, I never heard anybody say, hey, I'm wondering, I'm worried about that person. <laughs> and how bad they're fucking getting. Um... Mm. Fucking crazy shit. All right, we got to get ready to wrap this up, and I can't believe uh, what I'm hearing about tomorrow's show. But did we get the okay on the Kevin Smith? Um, uh, I, yeah. Still looking into it, or am I hearing, um, um, yeah, and we'll pick it up tomorrow? We'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. So we might be playing the Kevin Smith Unmasked tomorrow. Uh, also, um, craziness from the New York Dolls. Uh, David Johansson, and from Roxy Music, the great Brian Ferry, on the Run of Fez show tomorrow. It's hard to believe. Um, unbelievable. But I've seen it happen. I've seen things like this happen in here, so I'm not going to say that it's unbelievable. Fez, I want to thank our guest from today. It is, uh, of course, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and you can watch Nova on Wednesday nights on PBS. All right, and um, we'll be uh, wrapping this up, Zito. I'm sure now that you can send off something to Zach Galifianakis, letting him know you understand why that joke worked, and you're not going to take it that personal anymore. I, I won't. I just I didn't understand the, the whole comedic timing of it, and now... That's been explained to me. Mm. I do. Also, don't forget to follow Unmasked Show on Twitter. Got a big Unmasked coming up oh, on Monday. Oh, yeah, we do. Uh, and you locked this one down, right? Yes, I did. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. So Unmasked Show on Twitter. That takes place during the Ron and Fez show on Monday. And I believe that's the first time we're ever going to be doing a live Unmasked. Let's do it live. And then shut her down, boy. I think I had shots with you after a quiet ride concert. <laughs> Everyone always remembers everything as being so much fucking better. I guarantee you there's never been a time in my life where I was at a quiet riot concert. <laughs> I can guarantee it. All right, that is it. Um, really, really looking forward to tomorrow's show. Uh, Fez, how'd you feel about grabbing the stick today? Uh, I, uh, okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I liked what you did in this last hour. I thought you really picked the energy back up and pumped it out. Uh, so that's it for us. We are out of here. Hicks, you don't need to plug anything, do you? Just unmasked show people. Come on, follow. Well, to, don't to act like it's a problem. It's a nice thing. It is, yeah. Do something nice for yourselves. Again, I don't know why we have to end it on such a... <laughs> Fucking angry note. 
Uh, we'll see you guys back in here tomorrow. Brian Ferry. Rocks the music. Crazy. Uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. Satellite of love. Satellite of love. Satellite of love. Satellite of Satellite's gone way up to Mars. Soon it'll be filled with park and cars I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV With Harry, Mark, and John Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday With Harry, Mark, and John Satellites gone up to the skies I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV Satellite of love Satellite of love